0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Oz podcast. We have our esteemed guest and scholar and gentleman, Matt, or Matthew Turner. We all call him Matt. uh, Over at Like an MMA, Um, one of one of our teammates here, I would consider a backbone to the shenanigans. What are you like one eighth of the goof gang?
1: Uh, I'm some sort of percentage of the goof gang. I wouldn't. (laughs) I don't even. I can't even count that high. So I don't think we can really quantify.
0: (laughs) Let's just say one of the founding members, definitely, of a of a, what we call the goof gang, just all around, all around good dude. Um, <clears throat> I put out there, you know, what like a day ago, like, hey, if anybody wants to come on the podcast, and here we are. Yeah, We're, we we uh, we have arrived um, at Mikasa, in an undisclosed location in South Carolina,
1: specifically in the central <laughs> part of South Carolina.
0: <laughs> no longer undisclosed, no. <laughs> but <laughs> but um. So one of the things I I traditionally do when when I have somebody on the uh, on the podcast and uh, they are, you know, new. Obviously, there's an intro. So I'll give you I'll give you, you know, your opportunity to, you know, explain explain who you are, where you're from, you know, your age, what what you're out here, what you're doing, you know, your status and in life, what's what's going on with you right now. And then, you know, i will still ask a couple questions. So the floor is yours.
1: Oh man, this is the best job interview I've ever had. I'd like to say that right off the bat. Uh well obviously, uh, you know, Matt Turner. I'm twenty one years old and uh I'm from South Carolina, always born and raised. Uh family's originally from a smaller uh city down near the coast called Georgetown, which uh, fun fact is the eighth oldest city in America. Hmm. Fucking crackhead city now. <laughs> So that just, you know, goes to show the history of our country. Um, I'm a white belt, six stripes, if you want to count the the ones I finessed from Nader. Uh, I don't know, man. I kind of just, I'm doing my own thing right now. Uh, Working through a knee injury right now. Just to date this for future reference, when people go back and listen to the archives of humanity. Uh, On this day, March 3rd, I'm dealing with a knee injury. Just...
0: Okay, well, you know, <clears throat> very familiar with that. It yeah. was the uh, the pop heard around the gym. Yeah, absolutely. I- it's disgusting. Like, literally, I remember I remember hearing it and being in the middle of a round with Coach, and we both kind of, like, stopped and, like, looked at each other for a second, like, are you good? Like, like you know, <laughs> that, are you good? You know, because just, we just heard something. And then, like, a, like a, it was, like, in slow motion. I know it was probably a matter of, like, two seconds. But once you, like, put your butt to the ground... You were like screaming.
1: No, yeah, that I've felt pain before. I've never, like, I've never felt like that sort of pain. It wasn't like stinging or like sore. It literally was just like, like overwhelming. Yeah, like I couldn't, like, I couldn't even sit up. Like, I couldn't, like, feel anything except for
0: that pain. It was crazy because, like, literally, when I knew the scream, I was like, f- I've heard that pop and that scream before, and like when I heard it, my instant because it also sounded like a crumple
1: oh i definitely crumpled I...
0: it sounded like a crumple of like a water bottle or something like yeah hard they just kind of cracked plus like a like a pop like somebody was popping a balloon that was like not full all the way or like yeah you ever like uh press those like little bubbles the packaging bubbles like little poof yeah bubble wrap little yeah. pop, little, little pop. like what the fuck is that and when you scream i'm like i instantly turned away i was like all right Prepare myself for seeing something real jacked up. Like, I was expecting, like, bone to be outside of the leg.
1: Nope, just a little me. on the mat.
0: So, I mean, good thing is no fractures. No. So, structurally, you're good.
1: Supposedly. Nah. The doctor said the x-rays looked fine, but uh, got an MRI, and they're talking about a torn ACL, which I'm not too well versed.
0: Only in, ju- like, only jitsu guys are like... I mean, the bone's not broken, so the meat's hanging on. You're yeah. good, dude.
1: <laughs> I almost came back today, but then I was like, my my mom's gonna hate me if I go back. I'm, I'm not like if I was like I'm going to do jujitsu. She she'd be like, all right. Hope you find a new home afterwards. That's not that's not coming back. Like
0: yeah, like I, I mean, obviously she doesn't want to see you, you know, maimed. But no, I mean it was it wasn't like. It was intentional on anyone's part. Like It wasn't like you were making a movement you shouldn't have been making. It no, just I, happens.
1: I can't even like <clears throat> begin to describe how like I think it might have happened.
0: Because you were playing, for those of you who don't know, like you, you know, you was trying pa- you were trying to pass guard.
1: No, it was during a takedown.
0: During a takedown. I had...
1: So, uh, I guess, uh, do you want me to walk through the takedown? I guess you could, yeah. yeah. So, you have the front headlock and what uh, Professor Bruno, head, head coach at Soul Fighters, uh, taught us was that you get an underhook on one side, and you kind of turn. But what I also learned from a Collins' wrestling class, one of our blue belts who teaches wrestling, he uh, taught us a snapdown where it's, you have the front headlock, but you step back and bring them down at the same time. Okay. So I kind of, I think I had the underhook, and... What I did was, like, tried to combine the two. Hmm. And I I just remember, like, stepping back, and it just, you know, I just started hearing that.
0: Ooh, no.
1: So I don't even know how, like, how that happened.
0: That's fucking disgusting, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, your leg's not disgusting. It's a okay. nice, nice leg. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but I've I've, <clears throat> I've experienced some... A knee injury before never got it looked at you know i kind of just let that shit buff out i think it was mostly fear of like one surgery because i don't want the military to cut into my body yeah unless it's absolutely like life-saving like you got to it yeah like we're gonna have to take a shot or you could like lose your leg type shit it's like all right let's do something about it yeah um and then, even then i would try to get it done off base i would never want i would never want the military cutting on me no absolutely not no i've seen too horror i've seen and heard and been at a base where there was horror stories like that, and was like, never, mm. ever. Now I'm not having a student cut on my leg. I want yeah it, a professional,
1: somebody who's got their degree, and also can be sued. Yeah, yeah.
0: Much much <laughs> rather have that.
1: Yeah, that's a bit more. Uh, that's a bit more cushion to fall the, on. The stakes are a little higher. They're yeah. gonna care. Hopefully, yeah.
0: I mean, you, you know, you probably have some people that wiggle through that or oh don't care.
1: Trust me. I'd, a little tangent here. Uh, my mom actually had knee surgery on the same uh, knee, right knee. But hers was like arthritis. Okay. So it wasn't just kind of like, you know, like she was going for a takedown and then she heard her knee pop. Yeah. This was like she stepped on it wrong and it just like Goodbye. Yeah. And uh the doctor who did the surgery, uh, two weeks before and I'm gonna I'm, i hope I get the story right. Uh two weeks before he either shot and killed his like neighbor or his wife or son, like he had committed manslaughter 2 weeks before the surgery. Well, so he's like I don't know. He was somehow not caught yet.
0: Oh.
1: This was a huge story. Like my mom told like my doctor's office that I went to about it and they're like that's the doctor you had? Like he fucking killed somebody.
0: Hey, <laughs> I mean, look, if it was justified more power to him, if not it, was, I... it would have been like a crazy ass murder mystery or some shit.
1: No, it, it just something about pills was thrown in there like literally like worst case scenario if you're a doctor like you've done everything wrong up until this point and you still went in and you operated on my mother
0: yeah so might, it might be kind of you should have taken a little hiatus
1: no yeah and uh like her knee is like permanently fucked he just didn't get he, fucked. he didn't it's fucked yeah. also I'm, I'm so sorry i don't know if you allow swearing
0: oh no like swear away we uh we have the the explicit uh, stamp like if you uh, if you haven't figured it out by now we don't we don't care about your your virgin ears.
1: Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: it's okay. <laughs> it's totally okay. Go curse away. Um, nice.
1: <clears throat> I realized I apologized after saying like 15 fucks. Well, like, you know,
0: so. like I think a lot of people they look at it and like they're of lower intelligence. Well, I know a lot of astute assholes that are stupid.
1: Yeah. I don't, I I, I, just... I know
0: some people with Degrees, plural. They're not. They're not smart human beings. They just have the ability to memorize things for short terms, short periods yeah. of time, which well, is great. Doesn't that doesn't define your the your level of intelligence?
1: That's true. I feel like a lot of degrees nowadays are kind of like, eh, you you have to have it so that we know you at least have some of the information. What about
0: the one dude who's like, or several people out here who are like, you know what? I'm way too smart for that shit.
1: Too many people are like that, honestly. I feel like at a certain point... Hey, there's why would some... I
0: go into debt for, for that?
1: Well, I feel like that at a certain point, there's some sort of middle area where... Uh, you're speaking to a libertarian here, okay. so I'm, I'm not the best <laughs> one to talk about state-funded stuff. But I think at a certain point, we need to realize that a lot of kids are wasting their time doing Algebra 2 in high school when...
0: I you... can healthily say that I've never had to apply that.
1: I can say that I've never had to apply any of what I learned in high school except for the random history that I learned.
0: And even that is like you look at the way they're writing history now and yeah, including things that were not included when I went through school. No, like it's like, oh, so we're telling the truth now. That's fun. Yeah. I th- I think <laughs> like, uh, like I think uh, was it a couple of weeks back I was listening to like another podcast. I'm not going to name drop, but one of my favorites, that's like nationally known. Internationally known? Oh yeah, internationally, yeah.
1: Happen to have an acronym associated with it, or
0: yeah. But well, anyway, <laughs> it's three letters. You know the one I'm talking about. And they were talking about uh, how it was. Uh, they were they painted Christopher Columbus as like this fucking hero for all these hundreds of years. Yeah. And it's taught in you know American school system for my, my entire life, all the way to my parents' life, and like in my house, my my parents told me the fucking truth. Like,
1: yeah.
0: How the fuck you think? All these people just walked away from their land. It's like, no, he fucked, they, they fucked people up. Killed them, raped them, murdered them, enslaved them. Yeah. Like, torture. Like, I guess there was, I forget the dude's name, but I guess he was uh, actually a, part of one of the first crews that would come over and make the trips to the Americas after, you know, the the infamous fuck up, thinking they were getting to, uh, you know. India. India. And basically he documented how crazy this motherfucker was really yeah i didn't know that yeah he that's... like wrote all the shit down and like it's it's actually it's been released not, i don't know, i forget how long ago but like the stories are fucking just shit that's fucking out of like a horror movie
1: i see i i kind of like even as a kid like you kind of have that thought in the back of your head like there's no there's no way he just came over here everybody was just kind of fine and dandy. Yay,
0: welcome, welcome, Christopher. White man,
1: take (laughs) land.
0: No, as much as you want, please have (laughs) it. Like, no, they had throw down eventually, you know.
1: I mean, it's just kind of like why?
0: Also, it's just crazy. I mean, like, because everybody wants that fluffy story and they want to idolize people and they like, unfortunately, like, those are barbaric ass times, man. Like, no, yeah. World history, I mean like it wasn't like diplomacy. We're not going to sit down and just talk about this shit. You have something I want, and we're going to take it. And we if have you access. Don't, if you don't let us take it, we have access to
1: gunpowder. Yeah.
0: You yeah. ever seen an explosion before? This is my boomstick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, I mean like yeah, it's um it was, it was really weird cuz I was watching how um I was watching a documentary on Netflix and recently. Um it was about the Samurai's. Yeah, I've seen that. You've seen that one they're talking about? I forget the name of it, but it it basically talks about the the, the turn of that century where they were, like, the last Samurais were coming along and they were talking about how they had um, been introduced to, like, gunpowder and guns, which would eventually help, like, you know, their navy and everything take over. Because you you had feudal tribes at the time. There wasn't a united uh, Japan. Yeah. So the influence of that of an actual gun a projectile coming out of a tube filled with fucking powder at an unregulated amount of speed and the art of doing that and how that actually played a huge role in, in the power struggle that was going on there. And then actually, you know, heading up towards Korea, China, having Korea's back to a certain extent for a little bit of time. And like also the ultimate goal is to try to take over China.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: well, saw how that worked. Yeah. <laughs> a couple times over
1: <laughs> too many times over.
0: So, it's just, it's it's very interesting getting to this this point in time in, in in history in itself, and finally people are deciding, hey, you know what, we might as might as well tell the actual truth of what happened. Yeah. Well, that
1: kind of like makes makes you think about what they're gonna say about us.
0: Well, we have the ability. Everybody's, you know, you have all these opinions, but now we actually have the ability to document things in a way. Where you can still have an opinion on it, it's not. Oh, well, this is the only thing that's written, so this is the truth. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Not going to get to it. Not yeah, gonna go. I'm not going to go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I just, I think about sometimes how, like, especially my generation, I'm a zoomer, uh, one of those you know classy folk, and <laughs> I just think about how, how we ruined so much of what made civilization so
0: uncivilized. You know. I think we lost a bit of it. I mean, we lost some things this last year. We also gained some things, yeah, we lost what little bit of human interaction that we would normally have had, depending on your situation yeah, I mean I was during the the greater part of the lockdown in the beginning of it was one of very few cars on the road
1: no yeah i was I was an
0: essential worker, same here, so it was like, like it's kind of like creepy like some like walking dead type crap because you're like. And then you get down, like I work in an air base, I get down there and it's like, oh shit, like even the non-essential folks that are, you know, active duty, they're not here. Yeah. Like they just have just enough to cover the shifts and so we can figure out what the hell is going on and get and get directive on what we should be doing, how to approach this because there was a moment where like, we didn't know what the hell this was, we didn't know if it was like Ebola-like, or you know, like what our numbers were actually going to look like. We knew they were yeah. jacked up in highly densely populated areas, but... As far as the rest of the United States, I mean, we had no clue. Yes. So we we so we so lost that, but I think we also gained a sense of what it is to actually keep in contact with people we, and workarounds for that. So you mentioned Zoom. We were doing Zoom happy hours. I was doing Zoom meetups, you know, with family that, you know, they live only like three hours away and I go see them like every other weekend or at least once yeah. a month. And now it's like, perhaps we'll just Zoom today. Yeah. And... It's a great tool if it's used correctly, but it's not there to be a end-all replacement for human interaction. That's what I enjoyed about being at the gym the most. Um, we had no deaths. I don't think we've even had anybody really get super ill.
1: No, I think the people that did have it, like...
0: They weren't coming to train anyway. Yeah. Like to be that. honest, I, I think the people that did we did hear that got it, they weren't even training with us.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, uh, not to name drop, but... Uh, the one that we do like we do know that had it that was out for a while. Yeah. He got it from some other where, Like, I think I don't know I don't know if he ever told me, but I know he said, like, I definitely did not get it from this gym.
0: And it's crazy, like, um we're <laughs> on the show we protect the, ident- the identity the, the identities of the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like put it out face when they come on when we get the video feed going. But uh no, um kinda like mask their voice like, Thank you for letting me on the show Oz. <laughs> Basically. It's funny because um, I was having a conversation with somebody like, you know, you really should watch the way, you know, it might even be a family member or a friend or something. You should really watch, you know, being at the gym and training. You're going to get sick. I was like, first of all, these are people that fine-tune their bodies, they take tremendous care of themselves, and they listen to their bodies. Yeah. These are people that go and compete. It's not just some dude who's the best at working out.
1: I think that's what really... Because I think the jiu jitsu community had a weird look at it as if, like, you know, like, you know, the coronavirus stops at the mats, that kind of joke. Yeah. It's spread around. But, no, like, it's, it's very real. Yeah, but, like, they don't, I don't think they realize that it's because that a lot of the guys who trained, who wanted to train during the pandemic were the guys that were going out and competing at, like, IBJJFs and, like, doing new breeds for shits and giggles.
0: Yeah, it was definitely one of those things where, um, <clears throat> if I were to lie to you and tell you, I didn't have a little, I wasn't a little uh, apprehensive. At first, it took me, I think I laid off for about a week just to see what's going on. I mean, obviously still paid my dues and everything and, yeah. and came through the gym, and I had, I had to back up. I had decisions to make. I had to talk to my family to go, you know, hey, look, um, I'm not, I'm considering not doing this until we get a handle on what exactly we're facing. Mm-hmm. So I think it might have been like a week or two, and I was like, I'm coming back. Yeah. And it was perfect. It was actually a small group, but... Th- Oddly enough, uh, myself and Coach uh, Nader we talked about how the gym grew during that time.
1: It was well because we were like we were
0: one of the only ones that were like stayed open.
1: I think it was us. Maybe he who shall not be named, the big one. (laughs) I think they like they were like one of the ones that were like still open. Maybe TNT. I don't know. I think they kind of limited membership or something but i know mm-hmm. uh i think i think
0: it, it might have been for the other one that shall now be named um i think it was more the along the lines of let's just keep it in house yeah we don't need new members we're good which is it it's respectable if you yeah. get those numbers and you want to keep people safe and that's your way of doing it you're lessening your percentage but also you can't control people when they leave there no like but it's admirable yeah you tried you tried your way good for you
1: yeah we we just kind of said fuck it, I
0: think, or not not fuck it. We were we, were, I'm, <clears throat> coach.
1: I'm sorry. We were very
0: careful. <laughs> but, well, I mean, everything was with the mandates and yeah, we, no law breaking, so it's all good. And I think really what drew people to the gym was
1: the fact that we stayed open during the time, and also when they came in, they didn't see a bunch of people that were like, yeah, you have to. Sign in at the table. Take yeah. your temperature. Write it down. Wear like, your
0: mask. Like if you come in here, like basically, it was a sentiment of if you come in here, and you know you're fucking sick. You're an asshole.
1: Yeah, like I you're don't, probably
0: not gonna be welcome back.
1: No. Although, truth be told, that sometimes happens to people that are safe.
0: Well, I mean, there even before this whole thing, like before COVID, pre-COVID, I had times before where I didn't feel the greatest. And I just listened to myself. I said, "You know, no." Yeah. I got like a cough or something, or like the worst, the worst time of year for me, spring. Everybody thinks you're sick when you when you have seasonal allergies. So it's like you're sneezing up a storm, and like people are looking at you like, "What the entire fuck?" So COVID, coupled with, um, you know, coupled with allergies. Everybody's looking at one another like, "You got it? You got it? Do you got it? You got it?"
1: the first, the worst part was like when nobody really knew what was going on how does this spread like yeah
0: what's going on with this like,
1: like i was uh working in the uh, the butcher shop I, w- I work in a meat market it's called a butcher shop but it's a meat market and uh like we do prepped meals and i was making one of the prepped meals and it involves a lot of pepper so i was putting pepper oh, no. into the meals and there's this like sweet old lady she still comes in she was like she was she just kind of like left after, like for a little bit after this and I was putting the pepper in and it, it, it was like the cartoons like I swear to god that that's that's just like real
0: 1200 sneezes in a row
1: yeah I like I just kind of like inhaled wrong oh, and no. i got pepper in my system I just went Hachah! and like that and like just started sneezing and I look over at her her eyes are like and you, twice. Had a ma-
0: you had a mask on anyway
1: well this was the first part oh wow this was before like the mask mandate came out this was literally like covid hit we hadn't had a lockdown because south carolina as pretty you, know you know
0: what's crazy is like when it comes to like food prep and stuff like i never because i worked in the food industry for a while like you know yeah. the fast food whatever a kid and then also you know some as an adult that shit should be fucking mandatory no yeah i like wearing a mask over your face while you're cooking somebody's food i'm breathing and shit and right on somebody's food. like come on bro
1: i, I wish it was but at the same time, it's kind of, it's like rolling with your mask on.
0: It's like, like but one sneeze. Yeah. It's like, basically, you just coughed in my mouth.
1: Gross. Hey, some people are into that. <laughs> I mean, Burger I, King, shoot. I've never
0: had somebody cough in my mouth until my kids. <laughs> I've been in a lot of sketchy situations, but that is... That was the one I was like oh this is how we're doing this this is yeah. just straight thuggery like I can't like <laughs> and like you don't understand how socially awkward this is and disgusting it is but yeah. you just did that
1: wow I can't I can't even imagine
0: Then yeah. you're like you came out of me
1: yeah
0: this is gross this is a full circle gross <laughs> we've
1: we've connected we've connected both ends this is the Ouroboros <laughs> we're we're done <laughs>
0: so yeah it's. I think that's that's one of the things that um coming back to the point of I, th- I think that we we perception wise we, we believe that we lost some things that were you know c- tangible things like oh my god I can't go out to the bar and I can't
1: blah yeah. blah, blah blah blah
0: blah ultimately I'm like there's a bunch of bullshit
1: like this shit that we didn't need to do no yeah my I actually don't go out I'm 21 I don't go out
0: it's because you haven't yeah. you haven't the right crew of, of,
1: of adults bro my crew left love my love my high school friends but literally it was like one's in New Jersey one's in New York one's in North Carolina all just dispersed yeah it was was like somebody just like threw a smoke grenade on the ground it was just like get out (laughs) but I never went out so like really all I was doing was jujitsu work and lodge so like the only thing that was taken away was lodge and that was once a month okay so like I my life didn't really change I didn't really
0: experience so, that much. So, you said you were born in what, George.
1: My family's George my Town? my dad and my mom are from there. Uh, I was born in Columbia. Oh, okay. So just, you're, a,
0: you're a hometown hometown. I'm home,
1: yeah. Respect respect for the Met. You know what I'm saying.
0: Nice nice. So, you know these these Columbia streets pretty well. I would say. I got a horror story esque for you. Oh god! Some shit straight out of Get Out. You've seen the movie, right? Oh yeah. This happened to me last night. This is real story, people. I have to get this off my chest. It's fucking <laughs> creepy. All right. So if you know anything about this area, um, there's like a couple like long stretches of road that go through the northeast. And one of them is the Clemson Road. So I'm getting ready to head back to my my domicile. Yeah. So I'm heading down this road, long stretch or whatever. And mind you, I'm getting off, I've got off work at like 11:20, so. At this point, I'm rounding, maybe like eleven thirty. I'm getting close to home. Yeah, like I only got a couple more turns and whatever. But there's a long stretch of road I got to travel down. Now on this road, there's two lanes on one side, the center lane that's the you know, yellow line, and then two yeah. lanes on the other. Well, there's a mega church off this road. Which one? The the mega church. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna name drop it. Man. But there's like, on the stretch of road, there's a mega I, I know what you're
1: talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Mega church hasn't done anything wrong. It's just, it's, I'm just using it as a, as a reference. It's a landmark. Landmark. Then it comes to playing this story. Now, mind you, it's like one of those places that clearly was like a fucking commercial like storage place before, like massive. It was a complex. Yeah, and they and then they converted it. Yeah. More power to you. Great spot. Nice parking lot. Like, everything's dope. I've been in there, but I imagine they probably have a Starbucks inside.
1: Yeah, probably. I'm not going to speak on megachurches.
0: So we, so I'm going on this road or whatever, and like I'm keeping a healthy distance, and I notice that the speed limit is like 45, Mm -hmm. drops down, and at this time of night, I'm like, I'm not tired, I'm actually, oddly, I'm wide awake, because I'm going to come home and chill for like another five, six hours before I go to sleep, wide awake, and then um, I'm in the left lane, he's in the left lane, I'm saying he, because don't get your panties in a wad, like. The driver's ginger fluid. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, We're going down the road or whatever, and they're doing like 35 and a 45. So I'm like, oh, cool, man. This is somebody. like It's like a crossover SUV ahead of me. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there just in case something creepy happens. The first three digits that I can remember, or the first three characters of the license plate, were Delta Alpha Victor. So that's D-A-V. That's all I can remember. But I'm buying you. I'm in my uniform. I don't have my concealed weapon on me. I left at the crib. For some reason, I think I was in a rush getting out of the door. I had to take off early to handle some shit. I got my flu shot. That's what it was. Hmm. So I left it in the safe, and I'm like, just went to work. Not a big deal. I wish I would have had it this night. Yeah. All right. So they slow down even further. There's a couple hundred feet. And mind you, I'm keeping a distance because they're slowing down. I don't know if they're going to slam on their brakes or what next. They're not swerving. There's nobody to our right. In the right lane, there's nobody behind us. It's they're, just me. They're in front of you. Yeah, they're in front of me. Okay. So I'm like, I give it like four or five car lengths, and I'm like, when they start slowing down more, I give it like five or six. We get parallel with the mega church on the stretch of road. Mind you, there's still nothing coming in either direction. The only lighting is coming off the church, like, front. There's, yeah. that, it's dark over there. And then my lights, and then them in front of me, like five or six car lengths in front. They get down to 25. They get down to 10. At this point, I'm like, Maybe they're breaking down. Yeah. They should probably swerve into the center lane because in South Carolina, you've into the center lane. Put your hazards on. Hazards on your safe there. It's like yeah. a shoulder. Or just get over to the right, that shoulder. There's nobody coming. So when I see this, I put my hazards on. So, like, so maybe they don't get hit. I'm thinking maybe this car is going to open up and they're going to be like, I need help. And then I'm going to be like, unfortunately, fuck them. And <laughs> swerve around once they're not behind their wheel. I know there's nobody in the vehicle. Yeah. The way I think is like so... I don't know if it's just street sense about me. I would not pass them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't see what's going on. Their vehicle's tended out. They've come to a complete stop in a on an active road. Yeah. And they haven't put their hazards on. What's going on? <laughs> Either the driver just died or they're stopping on purpose. Yeah. If they die, they probably would keep going for it. But they're stopping on purpose. So I come to a complete stop. I refuse to budge for it. I see the mega church on the left. I'm like, I can't stand here all night in a standoff with this dude. I don't have my weapon. If they jump out, I got to make a decision: either swerve around to the right, in the right-hand lane, and risk them following me or shooting at me for whatever reason, or stay behind them, flip a bitch, go back to the gas station or some shit well area, and then come back, yeah. or try to jump on the highway and catch another way home. I don't want to be followed. I don't, and I'm, and I didn't have any reason for them. In my mind, why they would be aggressive or want to do anything to me other than just they're about to do some fuckery just to commit a crime? Yeah, because I had I wasn't tailgating them. Like I'm, like I said, like I wasn't in a rush. I'm already off work. It's Almost one in the morning. There's nothing going on. Yeah, I can go home. Nothing's even open inside. I'm like Waffle House. God bless. So I'm headed home, and yeah, so I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna go left, go across the center lane. Go into the church parking lot. First of all, when I was in such like a panic, I went in the out. (laughs) So I'm looking at the arrow like shit. And there's no way for me to like turn around. I had to go all the the way to the back of this parking lot and make the loop around. Yeah. By the time I got back out, which was all like realistically 10 seconds, they were gone. I could maybe see like their taillights. So it was like, oh, we didn't get him to get out and see what's going on. or We didn't get him to like move forward. We can't do anything to him move on to the next victim and i almost stopped some police officers that were over my neighborhood and just be like hey just to give them a little bit of information like if you see this fucker stop yeah because they're up to something at first i thought maybe they thought that i was a cop car but i have a very distinct taillight profile or a headlight profile Mm -hmm. of a jeep so it's very distinct yeah cops don't roll around jeeps um and then when i put my hazards on you could clearly see like i'm not a cop, I'm not pulling you over, so why are you coming to complete stop? The only thing I can think of is somebody wanted to do me an immense amount of harm and they weren't able to. They weren't able to and they got frustrated and pulled off after I flipped the bitch.
1: Yeah. Well, you said it was only one person?
0: I couldn't see in the car, so I mean all I know was the one vehicle. There was no other vehicles involved in this, so I'm I'm what I'm assuming is either somebody was like tripping balls but they weren't driving like it or they were they had other people in the vehicle and they were looking to do something or they were rolling solo and wanted me to go out to the right or approach their vehicle so they could harm me. And uh, me like I will never like if I see somebody on the side of the road I will unless I know you personally I will never pull over on the side of the road and help you. Yeah. I won't. I will not. Like and the only reason why I'd be approaching on the side of the road is if you called me. Yeah. And I was like I'll come get you. But I've had a coworker who died like that, trying to help somebody. They never figured out exactly what happened. A v- uh, vehicle that was ahead of him, well, I guess a mattress flew off of it. And mm-hmm. So he was helping the person recover it. Yeah. You know, I think it might have even caused an accident. I don't know. They don't know if words were exchanged or what, but they he went missing. And they ended up finding his body in the ditch a couple days later. Yeah. Not they... too far from where that happened. Because he was just being a good Samaritan.
1: Well, were you coming from... Twenty we're coming from 20
0: yeah
1: yeah that's like with the offshoots that i know of yeah of 20
0: it's easy it's to get on there get off do some fuck shit and get back on
1: it, easily especially from where you were because that's maybe like what two miles not even
0: from the highway yeah it's like a short distance once you pass like all the well-lit area like the, the gap a couple you know all the gas stations are obviously close to the highway entrance yeah. and then like you know a couple fast food places and after that it's just Dark road.
1: Yeah, it's not, there's no, there's not even lights out there.
0: No. Like, the lights you could get are from any business that leaves them on.
1: Yeah. So, I, that doesn't surprise me. Or a light,
0: at, you know, the lights on the signs uh, in front of the community, like on the little walls. Or yeah. Whatever. That's it.
1: No, yeah, I I could definitely see some fuck shit going down. You know,
0: like, the one time. Yeah. I didn't care. I was like, I don't even have a fucking butter knife in this car. Like, like I can't, <laughs> <laughs> can't do shit. Like, I can drive. And I was like, I was thinking, like, what if I have to hit somebody? Straight up. Yeah. I mean, you got the
1: you got the good Jeep. Like, that th- that thing's built like a tank.
0: I fucking hit a deer in it not so long ago.
1: See, I can't even tell.
0: Yeah. Like, what was it? Mind you, it was like a smaller deer, but a deer is a deer. I mean, it hit the thing doing like 35.
1: Well, think about it like this. Like, to break somebody's arm, you've got to apply more pressure on that arm then you have body weight
0: let me tell you how, how tough deer are oh, they're fucking tough
1: they're like springs.
0: i so i come to complete stop these deer are like three or four of them run across the road i'm like i'm from michigan so i know like where there's three there's always that straggler yeah who can't make up its mind if it wants to cross the road or not oh yeah so i stop there it is i see it right mm-hmm. it crosses well <laughs> it had a friend <laughs> Every bass d- has a price. I'm, <laughs> I'm at a complete stop. And I'm like, I'm not saying I gunned it, but I sped up to 35 and a 55. I was trying to get to the max. Like, you know, so I'm yeah. like, and I looked at the car that was in the right lane next to me. I'm in the left. We both got our hazards on, like a green, like let them across, you know. Like, I don't see anything. I look to the right, look to the left. I, out of my, like, a, a fucking streak comes on the left hand side. I see it. Jumps in front of my vehicle. I felt my I felt my front left and back left tire both trample this thing, doing like approaching 35 miles an hour. I God. couldn't slam my brakes. Went over it, instantly got in the right hand lane after the car on the right, you know, was gone. Pulled over to pulled over to see one, look, see if there was any damage to my vehicle, and then two to see if there was a mangled body behind me. Yeah. Nope.
1: Got up and walked away.
0: I ran it over, just with a four-door Jeep Wrangler. I hit and ran it over.
1: Bro, people talk about like octopus being like the next big thing, but like I swear to God, if deer somehow learn how to read and write, we're fucked.
0: I mean, it was gone. It wasn't in the road. It wasn't like on the side of the road. That shit got up after getting ran over by a fucking vehicle and dipped. I mean, I felt my car raise on left-hand side. So it wasn't like I just hit it and it went underneath and then got up. No, he got pinned down twice by a vehicle. They're,
1: they're, they're tanks, dude. It's like, well, they're also like pure muscle. There's barely any fat, especially on like a like mind the you, deer down here, man. This
0: this ended up being well. I had to go home. I had to clean my tire well out. I had yeah. it was like a patch of fur on the front left. No blood, but like the wheel and like even you know, the brake assembly and everything. Mm-hmm. That whole area was like filth, like just brown. Sh- Look like it shit itself. I would too I mean it got ran the fuck over so bro I'm assuming I caught like the back end of this thing and it still was able to like run off it probably died not too
1: well still to make it up and like get off to not be in the street yeah yeah yeah. that got mad respect for the deer (laughs) mad respect
0: hell hell of a fucking fighter man that's crazy (laughs) so like so yeah man that was that was my little crazy ass story like there's so much shit goes in my mind like I know like I don't feel like a sheep, but there's always somebody out there that's up to no good.
1: No, yeah. Especially here in Columbia. Columbia is like, we're no longer in the top ten, I don't think, thank God, of the most violent cities in South Carolina. Although, granted, there's not much competition there, but...
0: North Charleston's pretty bad, right?
1: North Charleston. uh, Some of the smaller cities, or smaller towns even, like the really rural areas, they're just overrun with gangs hmm. like I'll tell you a, a story uh, uh, back when I was in like high school there's this a mission trip that I used to go on called Salkahatchie. shout out John Colk and uh, we went to this uh, town called Bennettsville, South Carolina most famous person that's come off of it, granted it's Aziz Ansari
0: what, okay I was gonna say I thought I heard of it yeah, Aziz
1: it's Aziz Ansari of Parks and Rec and fake cancelling fame <laughs> and that's it like, huh. that's it. The entire town is, like, we had Aziz Ansari here for, like,
0: 15 years.
1: Like, that's that's good enough for us. And he, it's, he
0: also died And This is the End, the beginning of the movie. He did. Let, let, let go of me, fuck it, Aziz. <laughs> Kevin Hart kicks him in the hole. <laughs>
1: but, uh, so, uh, basically, uh, Kahatchee was pretty much, like, you go with a group of adults. Like, we're, like, 15 to 18. You go with a group of adults... You go with a bunch, like, you get assigned to a site, or the adults do, and then the kids go pick where they want to go work. <clears throat> they're like, they're like, uh, like roofing projects, painting, uh, replacing floors it, it, for lower income areas. Hmm. And, uh, my friend was on a site one year where the homeowner who met the guy who's in charge of the camp, who, to this day, has no idea how this happened. But the person who claimed to be in charge of the house wasn't there. Hmm. It was under his, like, grandma or his aunt or something. And he lived there with some of his buddies.
0: You guys working on Trap
1: House? (laughs) Wait for it. So first day what you're supposed to do is you go and you meet the home this is like after the church service because yeah. this was a christian camp and you can't have christian camp without a church service yeah and you go meet the homeowners you go take a tour around the house and you see what's up like like what you need to do for the week and they get there and it's just this dude like on the sheet it was like miss like ella May or something like some of yeah. those like small town southern names and it's just this dude, I think his name, like, I can't remember his name, but it was, like, literally, like, a generic name. And he was just like, what's up? And he was like, we're here to do the house tour. Like, where's Miss LMA or whoever? And he was just like, oh, she ain't here. It's Like, okay, well. <laughs> Thanks for the warm welcome. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know, we need to, to go take a tour, like, you know, see what we're going to do to repair. And he's like, oh, all right, cool. Let's them in. Within 10 minutes, somebody's, like, somebody finds, like, a Ziploc bag with, like, some shit in it. And they they bring it to the adult, which is the right thing to do. And they're like, hey, there's a plastic bag with some shit in it in there. It's like, oh, that's weird. And so they contact the head of the camp. They're like, hey.
0: I don't think we should he, be on this one.
1: <laughs> wait for it. So they, he contacts the head of the camp. He's like, hey, we found drugs in the house. Like, what's the protocol here? Do we call the police? Do we... Walk away from it. What's the protocol? Call the police. We they have to like, they're like you know nothing's nothing's going on here. We're fine. Like you guys are cool to just keep working. They're like all right. So Monday Tuesday go. They're they're working on the house. People roll up to the house, go in for like an hour and dip.
0: And they are getting that product.
1: They are and uh, eventually like some of the like the students were like, hey, we don't feel comfortable on this site. You know, people just come and go like. We haven't seen the same person here. Like, it's super sketchy. Apparently somebody knocked out a drawer of a dresser. And there were just, like, packages of Coke. <laughs> I'm not talking little dime bags. Apparently there were like... packages of Coke and guns. Damn. Like, this was literally, like, what you think of when you think of, like, small town trap house. Yeah. Like, he just, he stored it all into, like, his undie drawer. Like, wow. move over fruit of the loom. Hello, full, fruit full, of the coca a full, plant. The full bird in here. Yeah, <laughs> the, That's crazy. Yeah, they eventually, like, eventually once they're like, hey, we've literally found this much shit in the house. Can we please let lo- Can like, we not leave? be here? I would just left. Well, that's what they, they were yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. They're like, the camp director's like, we're sorry. We're not helping you anymore. Like, this is unacceptable. We've called the police, blah, blah, blah. And, like, dip the fuck out. It knew- wouldn't
0: even have been that we called the police. I'm not going to tell you I called the cops on you. Now you know my government name. No, yeah. He, he, I'd have been like, hey, man, we got to go get something for lunch. And we would have just never came back.
1: Well, we. Had, it's an organization. I don't know if it's an LLC or a 501c3, but they it had to.
0: wouldn't. Have. I wish somebody would have got in my face like, why'd you leave? The, why'd you leave? Oh, you know what? I'm going to tell you right over there. Then.
1: Yeah. After
0: it- I tell you X, Y, Z about what the hell just happened to
1: it- me. No, no shade towards Salkahatchie. They they handled it the best they could in a very awkward situation because they eventually did meet the grandma, and she was like, "Like, why'd you leave the house?" Like, had
0: no idea what was going there on. was Lots of drug activity going on in your place.
1: And she, like, we were just like, "Man, like, we just cannot work on your house for like reasons we don't want to disclose." Like, like we we're letting the community handle it. I think is how it was put. And it was just like the kids had to go to different sites, and it was like a whole big ordeal. Like my my buddy. My friend was like i've never seen drugs like this before only in movies like it was that's crazy yeah like
0: to go from like is that a weed (laughs) to like (laughs) oh shit also
1: just to just to make this very very clear this was a methodist church in the south these weren't kids who were used to seeing like bags of coke these were kids that, like, their drug dealers were, like, their buddies who knew a drug dealer because they lived on the wrong side of town. Ah. Uh, like, n- like, they were scared shitless.
0: And the parents were just, like, just oblivious.
1: Oh, yeah. I think, uh, like, after they got home, they told them, and those kids didn't come back, but, like, I didn't really care. I, I wasn't on that site, and, like, the, really the only reason I went there was because I stayed in a functioning kitchen. That's where I slept for the week. Oh, Like there's like cat, like it was like, uh, cabins all over the place. And the one year, like the first year we went, our youth director was like three hours late for sign in, like (laughs) super late. And he was, they were like, well, we don't have a place for you to stay, but like no cabins left. He was like, please, like, you know, we paid for everything. And they're like, okay, well, there's this old kitchen down at the bottom of the hill. (laughs) Like you guys could stay there. Like, as long as you have cots and he was like, fine, that's cool. Like, like, thank you. And we get down there, and there's a fridge, a sink, a stove, and cabinets full of pans and pots.
0: And then you guys <laughs> and we were like,
1: "What is going on here? Does this work?" And we we're like, "This sh- this fridge works." Like this. Why is it empty? Like, because uh, they like renovated the camp and they built the kitchen area closer to the main hall.
0: Oh, so the- okay. So yeah. I used to work at a, um, used to work at a, a uh, summer camp that was off Blue Lake. In Michigan. Yes, yes, from that movie. Um, it was, The name of this camp was Camp Pendaluon. And uh, there was a high ropes instructor there. So did the climbing wall. that shit. Yeah. Taught archery. And just a run, run of the mill. Young kid trying to figure out what the hell he wanted to do for the summer and make some money. Yeah. In between classes. So I would stay out there for, you know, a couple months. And, you know... It was a lot of fun but like, you definitely toughen it the same type of stuff like you know they had like the giant hall where you know the, they cook all the, the big meals and everything yeah. and, like you're walking you know they had community bathrooms and showers and all that jazz
1: oh we didn't even have bathrooms where we stayed
0: we had to because you know the kids but
1: no we did we didn't have bathrooms oh what wow we had to if we had to go uh, take a shit, we had to go to the two cabins next to us because they were actual cabins it was the weirdest setup oh wow. So it was two, like it was like four cabins. One cabin, kitchen, and then two other cabins. And we would have to go to one of the two that was like right next to us. And we first got there, and we were like, "All right, so we cannot like, what if we have to pee?" And we We're like, "Well, you know, just go ask the cabins." And one guy was like, "Well, there's a back step out there. It's just got like a <laughs> patch of grass. Like, what if we all just like agreed that that's that's where, that's where we're gonna go, so we don't have to keep bothering them because, you know, you're you're working in it's." july 4th week yeah it's like 105 degrees you don't have yeah yeah you're drinking at least a gallon of water a day just to stay just to stay on the roof so we were knocking about to be like hey can we please use your bathroom can we please use your bathroom this was like if you have to take a shit or shower you are going to that bathroom otherwise use the back step and when we left every year we left we were like let's see how like fucking black the grass is (laughs) because the. It got to the point where there were 20 dudes in this, like... It's, like, gray areas, like, no more green. Nothing. <laughs> like, we got... There was one year, I think the most we ever had in there was, like, 20... I think 20. In an area maybe as big as the room, like, a little bit bigger than the room we're recording in, including your bathroom. Oh, wow. And that's also including the island, the stove, <laughs> Oh wow! the fridge.
0: All right, I can touch both sides of this yeah. room by sitting in the center.
1: No, yeah. Like, literally, like I slept in a cot in the corner of the room because I, I somehow snagged the corner with the charger in it. Nice. And that's where I slept. And I could reach out this way, touch my buddy Kenny, and I could stick my foot out and kick oh, my wow. buddy Noah's it's head. It's like
0: if you turned.
1: Yeah, like everybody heard everybody turning and snoring. Oh, my God. And we left that year and we came back next year. We didn't have as many kids, but we were like, I was an adult at this point, so yeah. like a lot of the people that I had grown up with in the camp had moved on to bigger and better things but I came back because I loved it Yeah. and uh, we were like hey let's see how the grass looks and we went outside and it was like green up until you got to the point to where we would pee and it was just like a square of yellow <laughs> which I'm sorry for the very graphic description of bodily functions <laughs> but this is one of like I <laughs> have many life stories but this is probably one of my favorites just because of how dumb we were like we had to wake up at five every day, and we would stay up till two in the morning, just hanging out, goofing around. You're like really, like we got we we functioned on nap? three hours of sleep, stayed awake all day. That's probably why we didn't have like the best time on the sites <laughs> that we worked on because we were so tired. But we got the job done, and uh, at night we were just dumb idiots. Like at one point, my buddy Jackson which, shout out Jackson, he uh, picks up the broom we have next to the fridge because it's a kitchen and, you know, yeah. you also have people staying in it. You got to sweep. And he starts banging it on the ground, just going, Reagan and Bush, Reagan and Bush, <laughs> this is the chant that will grant me the kush. It's like <laughs> one in the morning and everybody's like, shut the f- <laughs> We're like, Jackson, shut up, please.
0: <laughs> oh, man, it's kind of crazy. It's so, like, so you told us about you know where where you're from yeah and you know you've grown up here in columbia and uh you just moving forward like there are a couple you know i think you've probably told me this story before but before the listeners like what what started you i guess on your jujitsu journey like what made you go hey i want to do this how long has it been and
1: Uh, so I started in January of 19, like, I think, actually, I think I, I might've posted it on Facebook or I saw, like, I saw a memory of it. It's literally, it was literally uh, two years on the 27th of January. Nice. It's like the earliest that I have, like, of me being in a jujitsu class. And I started it because, uh, I graduated in 18 and, you know, throughout like high school, You know, my dad started having, like, these health problems. And at first we were just, like, it was just, like, him coughing. And we were, like, you know, maybe he's just, like, got this, like, weird, like...
0: Yeah, like, he's developing, you know, something. Like, yeah.
1: Well, at first we thought it was bronchitis because I had bronchitis as a kid. Ah. And we were, like, maybe, like, that's where he gets it from. Family history of, like, like lung problems. Like, I had really bad bronchitis as a kid. That's why I stopped playing baseball when I was, like, 13. Because I was, like... I literally can't keep doing this it's like it kills me every time i have to go at bat and run to first base like how You're the like, fuck am i gonna it, yeah, this is trash and uh so we're like maybe it's just bronchitis maybe it's just a family thing and eventually i got to my senior year and like i think it was like the week before we got back from winter break when they're like yeah your dad's got stage four non-hodgkin's lymphoma was the diagnosis which mm. is a localized area of cancer in the lymph nodes of the lungs which is why he had been coughing so much. Oh. And we just had we just didn't know how to what to do with it. So we get towards graduation, closer to it, and my mom's like, "What are you going to do?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I'm getting off of my seizure medications because I had seizures through high school and my doctor was like, you know, you're 18 now, haven't had one for a year, so we're going to take you off meds starting in August." Huh. I was like, "Well, if I'm getting off these meds and it's like, you know, I'm going to the plan was to go to USC the college here in town. Yeah. And I was like I'm like I'm going to be close to you guys but what if something happens and you're not there? Like what if I have a seizure or dad falls or something like that yeah, and we're yeah. just not there for each other. Like I'd rather like, you know, I took a year off from studies to help my family. I was working at a fast food joint. Not going to name names because it's god the me- the bad memories I have there. Huh. anyways it's not, uh, like
0: a, it's not like a it's not like a rushes or something like that fuck no, rushes <laughs> no it, 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 it was it, like cookout you got these hands for you son
1: dude it it was a it was a weird time but I uh, I did that and while my dad was sick like he would just like you know hey I wanna go I wanna rush it cause we lived right by a rushes uh, I worked at a fast food place There's the Chinese spot that uh, uh, I don't even know if I can say your name but she was, she was an old teammate of ours, and her family owned a Chinese restaurant.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, big big shout out, big shout out to uh, you know Elise. Yeah, shout out to. We Elise. miss you.
1: I'll, we miss you, Elise. I'll see you in Dallas in like a couple days. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, like we were just always, I, we were just getting these like food that was just so horrible for you, and I would just eat them, but I wasn't exercising because I was working so much and just
0: taking my get into that cycle of like of like just I was just, just what you what you think is like survival, but like you're not doing yeah. yourself any favors.
1: Like I was just eating and like going to work, I'd be on my feet for maybe like three hours at a time, which you know
0: it's not good. It's not good. Prepared for that,
1: and just taking my dad to doctor's appointments, and eventually, like January of nineteen was when my dad passed away, and I was like, it was, uh, yeah, that was rough. That was kind of like I think I've I've had highs and lows up until that point, but that was literally like below the charts. Because I was in yeah, the room it's, um, with
0: them. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. So who, was he at home?
1: He had hospice, and they were like, we're going to give him 48 hours. And literally the next morning, like, his old pastor was there, and we just, like, you just saw that he wasn't there anymore.
0: Uh, okay, so it wasn't like... He, he wasn't you in, like... You knew it's coming. It just wasn't like, like you thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, luckily, like, he was surrounded by, like, me, my mom, my sister, my aunts, my brother, like... He was just surrounded. He was surrounded by his family. We all got to say our goodbyes. But like, after the funeral, I was like, I, I don't know. What to, I don't know what I want to do. Because hmm. at that point, I joined the Masons when I was in high school, and I was going to lodge meetings. And you know, they'd ask about him. And they called me when it when he died and all that. And I was going to work, going home, going to lodge, and that was it. That was my entire life. I wasn't doing anything extracurricular, and I was like, you know. I think this like i'm gonna date myself here but this was after the ksi logan paul fight the very first one and uh, like this was like before like my dad started like going downhill i was like hey i think i want to try boxing Mm. and my parents my parents were like no like you just got off of the seizure thing like let's give it a little bit and i was like hey you know like there's this kickboxing place down like downtown yeah. They t- they've also got a jujitsu thing. I got in contact with the head guy over there. He says I can come try a jiu class for free. And I walk in. Nader greets me. He's like, hey, how you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. I tell him all this stuff about how, like, I want to do jujitsu like, as a hobby, just so I have something extracurricular I want to do. Like, oh, all right.
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Well, see, at this point, I'm five foot 5 I'm a little shoddy. So, but... When when I first started jiu-jitsu, I was, like, 215, 220. Like, I was a fat little fuck. And I was just like, I just want to do this as a hobby. Get in shape. Like, yeah. you know, just do this on the side. Started doing that. I left for a little bit over some dumb bullshit. Not going to get into it. But I came back. I think this is, like, after you came. I don't know if...
0: I want to say you were still... Okay, so that would have been in. March of 2020 was when you came. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I, I was back at this point. I came back in January of 2020.
0: Cause like yeah, I didn't move back until September 2019. To back to South Carolina. Uh. So then you know I was at the other place for a little while when I first got here that shall not be named. Crosstown. Yeah. Um. And I'm gonna put it out there. Some people know who where I'm talking about. Who I'm talking about. Great facility. Oh yeah, the people were nice.
1: No, sh- no shade against them. We just like the Columbia scene's got history, and we don't want to bring it up.
0: But it just wasn't a fit for me. Yeah, and it wasn't. It has nothing to do with anybody's like personalities. Or I wasn't treated. I wasn't treated unfairly. I just believe that when I'm spending my hard on hard earned dollar, whether it be on a discount or not, even with the discount, it was expensive it yeah, it's a pretty penny over there um and i wasn't because of work i wasn't able to make it which is you know out of my control i wasn't able to make it as as much as i wanted to but any yeah. day i had free i was there and i just didn't feel like i was learning anything from them yeah they'd... like i tried a couple other spots as well i'm name dropped then i tried deep water deep waters too crowded really too crowded and i saw some things i didn't like interactions between some coaches over there and then once again, you know, they have their own dynamic. Yeah. I don't know it, but when you got a new guy there, you probably shouldn't be arguing back and forth. Yeah. Like, really arguing. <laughs> like, I got to see all that in, like, the public, and there's, like, kids there, and there's, like, parents of kids there, and, like, they're going at it, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try this for a couple more nights. Maybe this is a fluke, and I was just like, it's not what I'm used to, and wasn't a fit as well. But I landed in a place where... um, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge, and I felt like I left every class learning something. And if even if I felt like I didn't learn anything, it's something I already knew. I was able to work on refining it, and I was physically fucking exhausted because this ain't no cupcake walk. This place no. is not fucking heated. It's not. We've got we've got air fans. conditioned. We have fans. The set up up on the shit. Side. We just ended up cutting it off like this. Fan <laughs> <laughs> ain't doing
1: nothing. Open the open the big.
0: The only way to cool off is to open the, open the garage door... Like, step outside. ...and put a sweat on so that you can cool off. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll burn up. So you have to work in order to get rewarded. No, yeah, that... Drink some water. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's miserable, but when you get on that competition, Matt... There's uh,
1: there's no one like it. Yeah. No, nobody does what we do, but that's sort of why I came back. was because when I was traveling around the Columbia scene, it was like, you know, no shade towards anybody in Columbia. It's just... It wasn't what I was looking for. Like I had that family dynamic with uh, Lichen at the time, named something else, and I just, I just wasn't getting that anywhere else. Like nobody, like nobody, coach didn't stay with you after class at these places. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, like, all right, it's eight thirty, let's go home.
0: I got to go.
1: And I remember one time specifically, the coach at a place that I'm not going to name drop uh, got his brown belt. And I just remember, like, seeing him and, like, you know, getting your brown belt's a pretty big it's deal. big really And I was like, hey, man, I saw you got your brown belt. That's awesome. Like, congratulations. And he just went, thanks. And just kind of kept going on with what he was doing with another, like, maybe started up. He, he just didn't acknowledge that, like, I like I congratulated him. And that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. that like It's like, yeah, I'm
0: a white belt, but I'm also, like, a human being. Yeah. I'm and, excited for you because you're my instructor.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of when I was, like, this... Like there's only one place that I really need to go back to, <clears throat> and I came back, and that's when I told Nader like I like you know I want to try to start competing. I want to see what it's like.
0: I was gonna say like yeah, what, what what were like some of the factors that like that pushed you towards competition? Because I'll let you tell yours and I'll tell mine, and I think it, I think they are very much uh, they're very similar, I believe.
1: So I it was January. Ironically enough, it was January of 2020 when I came back, and I told him, like, hey, I want to start competing again. And he was like, well, you know, I, again, at this point, I'm 215, 220, like, not not in good shape at all. I definitely should not have been, uh, like, talking about competing.
0: I think some of us are just sadists. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I'm, mean, actually, like, 90% of, probably 99.9% of all jiu-jitsu players are sadists. Yeah. You got to be willing to take some kind of punishment. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, that's, like, pretty much, like, most of the sport is being able to have your punishment and eat it, too. Yeah. and
0: <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. I have another. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I want to start competing maybe, like, you know, at this point, I was a two-stripe white belt for, like a, like, six months and he was like, you know, like you're out of shape. He didn't he didn't sugarcoat. It. He was like, you're out of shape.
0: I I've, I've never seen him sugarcoat anything.
1: No. He was like, you're out of shape, like you haven't been in in a while. Let's wait until maybe like April for you to start competing. And then COVID hit. And So
0: then the camp, the major camp for New Breed.
1: Yeah. So the fir- my first ever competition was in New Breed, and he was like, I want you to like realistically, we can't get you down to light feather weight in a month
0: so was this was this the camp where they brought out Steven and like mm-hmm. all that that was your first competition
1: my first ever
0: mine too yeah dope
1: hey Hey. pop the cherries together
0: <laughs> that was an experience that was a wild ass experience bro
1: yeah I especially cause like for me I competed at uh, 190 and I weighed in 180 <laughs> so yeah. you
0: probably felt depleted
1: well I didn't feel depleted I was just it was just like the guy the guys were like Maybe like your height,
0: yeah, but like also like that like big, like they big cut dance. down to get they down cut, to like one. Yeah,
1: so I was going against guys maybe like 195,
0: 200 because <laughs> they probably waited in that morning, went to Sizzler, came back.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely like went and got something. No, no shade towards any of them. I'm friends with one of them on Facebook, like, they, like both of them were super nice dudes. I even met one of their kids.
0: For you know, what, reason. like, the same thing happened to me, and like, this dude, like, he drove up from. The Tampa area? Tampa? Yeah, he drove from Tampa, I believe. I can't remember his name. Um, I know I can look it up, but I'm, I'm not going to because I don't feel like entering my password and all this yeah. stuff, but super nice guy. Um, so, I'd put off competing mainly because of, and I'm going to just say it, like, I'm going to say ego, but ego. I mean, it's the, scary. The idea of ego, the fear of, like, wait, can I get hurt? Is this going to affect me outside of, like, work or whatever? my life and also like not the fear of another human because i'm not it's not that yeah. but it's just, like other people watching me get thrashed and then you realize that that first competition like nobody gives a fuck no this is not a world championship this is just and even at those like nobody cares yeah they can not tell you who lost or won unless you're super famous well
1: I guess it's also different because we're technically lower belts, yeah. and you know, at the higher belts, it's like, well, you know, you can't be a casual black belt and then go and be like, I'm gonna try and become a world champion this year, because there's guys like Gordon Ryan, yeah. which we we don't need to talk about that one
0: anymore. Oh, we talked about that on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: great. Like he, like you're not gonna go up against Gordon Ryan and beat him unless he, unless he's just like, ah, fuck it, I got.
0: I would have to surprise the living hell out of him. Yeah. <laughs> and still wouldn't be able to do enough.
1: Yeah. So, like, for my first competition, I competed 190, weighed in 180. They were like, you still want to do this? I was like, yeah. Again, I'm 5'5". Five, five. Like, this is when I first started, like, dropping weight. I lost all my matches that day. But I think because of the camp and because, you know, this was – I think this was when Elise started, too, because this was, like, August. I think she came in in, like, June, July.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And we like uh, another side story for later. But like first time I ever met her, I think I said something weird. and She gave me that like, oh fuck this, like what the fuck did you just say? Kind of looks. And I was like, oh damn it, like Nader's gonna chew my ass. Like out how of this is over. Is it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not able to come back. <laughs> Luckily, she was really cool about it. But you know, I started to form that like you know really close friendship with her mm-hmm. around this time and you know canon started like coming in and yeah you know i just started getting this like close group and then i started realizing that like man this is like this like family like iron sharpens iron thing is there's something to it and i think with the second i stepped onto the mats i was like this is something that i want to do for the rest of my life maybe with the rest of my life
0: like well you know i've, I've also had some some new developments and plans like you know people have their five year i got my seven year yeah it's ultimately like my five-year plan um and i'm looking to open a gym myself owner operator and uh teach some jiu-jitsu spread that throughout the world um do i know if i'm going to be on the competition circuit and push like that i mean obviously i know that i'll have a competition team yeah and i already know who i have in mind for to be affiliated with i just need to work my ass off over these next five years so i can get to that point
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's everybody's goal, but I think that's a, that's like something that crosses everybody who's like, I want to take
0: jiu jitsu seriously. Like, that's well, definitely. If I happen to be around here, Matt, <laughs> and always. I, and I need, you know, some purple and brown belts, bro. Always and forever. Bro. I would hope that in five years, you. I
1: don't know. It's taken me almost two and a half to get my, my blue, and now I got this knee injury.
0: I mean, but that's two and a half calendar years that's not two and a half years of consistency. Yeah. Training,
1: so I've really only I really like only started like taking it seriously after the new breed because you know it's Nader, so almost a year. Almost a year, yeah. And Nader Nader really like makes it clear that like this is so that you can get comp reps and you can feel the competition energy for IBJJF.
0: And that was my, I had a quick turnaround. So like that new breed was actually in It's like August or so. July? Late July? Late July, early August. So then we had all of August, just absolutely, for anybody who doesn't, who's never been to South Carolina, or lived in South Carolina, or passed At through South Carolina in the summer, July,
1: August is the worst. July's not
0: bad. August, on the other hand, I feel like, yeah, it'd be like, July is like somebody open the oven door, and just keeps tossing water on there, and like, kind of wants to put your head in there. Yeah. August is like, we're going to cut off the humidity of July, but we're just going to toss your whole body in here. Yeah. It's hell. Oh, yeah. Days are long, and they're hot. It's,
1: like, 95, but, like, the wet and sticky 95. Yeah. The
0: only, the only thing I can, that I can compare to it is, like, a mild day in, like, Abu Dhabi during the summer. Yeah. It's right off the ocean, so, yeah. <laughs> it's very... It just You can you literally cut the humidity with a knife. It's crazy. Yeah. But... So, for me... um I guess, like, a parallel universe. No, same universe, uh, different times. So I lost my dad back in June of 2019. Mm -hmm. So a couple things happened, and, like, I think, like, I just needed to do, like, one, I'm going to do this next week. I'm going to get some time off from work. Um, I grew up golfing with my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I was six years old when I first picked up a golf club, and he was like, I'm tired of taking this kid to lessons, and I'm I'm not learning anything. So he started playing, like, shortly after, and that was one thing we always did together as, you know, adults. Uh, you know, all the way through high school and everything. Like, let's go play, let's go play around, especially as an adult. I come back, I would keep clubs there. Mm-hmm. Or if he came out to visit, he'd bring his clubs and we'd go play. Or he'd mail them out ahead of time. And he, like, he got to the point where he just kept a set with me. Yeah. So he'd always have, you know, he didn't have to travel to clubs. He'd always have a set where, you know, wherever I was living, he could play. Um, so for me, like, one thing I wanted him to see me do was like, win a jujitsu match. Cause you know, I had been training for a couple of years, you know before he passed about a year and a half almost two years and I was I got my blue belt at a year and a half Um,
1: well that was under uh,
0: it was under uh, Professor Ricardo Almeida yeah so and then all of his amazing black belts that are there like uh, Professor Brian Walter um, I've learned so much from that man like it's ridiculous awesome guy school teacher um, he's a family man and Hell of a wrestler. Jiu-jitsu is, is awesome, to say the least. Yeah. And just being around, you know, the group of guys there. they're You know, prof- the professionals that come in and train and, like, really good examples for mar- of martial artists and, and, and learning from them. But it's just one of those things where when you're around that, you're like, I'm not, come on. I'm never going to really compete. And you're watching all these other guys, these upper belts that compete. And, shit, and you're like, oh, well, maybe you don't realize that they had to start somewhere. Yeah. They had to start somewhere. They had to compete and learn and learn. It's a different ball game. It's not just a roll in the mat, like for training. And training, you're using that to get better. You're opening you're up. You're opening up things. You're, you're experimenting. It's okay to get caught. And I, I just one thing I wanted to just tell any any lower belt that's out there. And like, if anybody calls bullshit on this, like, they're full of shit. Yeah. Like, the practice mat or the training mat is where you are allowed to make your mistakes. That's where you work on things. You open your game up so you can work on things and make your mistakes there, and you will find them there. The competition, man, is where you know, you should be trying new shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no. It's not. That's not the space for it. You need to learn. So oh, yeah. open up. Don't just go in there. Like, I, I rolled today with um this new white belt. And I remember myself when I was at New White Belt, so I didn't, like, try to spaz out on him and, like, take his head off. But he was trying to fucking take my head off. Yes. And I'm like, okay. Clearly, he's not going to let me get close enough. He's he's still he's doing the whole stiff arm. I'm not trying to go too far with this guy. He was taller than me by, like, a foot. So, I'm 5'10". He's a tall dude. Yeah. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit the guard. I'm going to let him try to pass. And like even that was, like, it felt like it was a saw trying to buzz through <laughs> me. And, like, you know, eventually, you know, corral that, sweep, mount, submit. We do that for, like, two or three times. And it's like, okay. He's like, you got any? I'm like, yeah. Calm down. Like, (laughs) it's gonna be okay. Like, slow down. Think about what you're doing. Because right now you're just, you'd be better off on a, running a mile and a half, two miles, and just burning energy. Because all that's all you're doing. Like, it's okay. It's okay to get tapped. Don't worry about it, bro. Like, I'm never gonna hurt you. You know, I'm I'm dating him. (laughs) But like, you know, like you're in good hands. Yeah. I'm not gonna do anything terrible to you. So, it's um, it's interesting to see um the development that's there and like, but the back to the competition, like my first match, like the first 20 seconds, guy reaches forward to grab a collar and I go to shoot and his finger yeah. goes in the second uncle all the way into my eye. Yeah. Mm. And it was a lesson that day, Um a lesson on mental resiliency because after that match was over, he won, he ended up getting to mount, past my guard. I was in a position to pass guard. I I gotten like a sweep and just couldn't do shit. Yeah. I couldn't do shit. And then, like, because we were the only guys in our weight class and age bracket, because I didn't fight. Uh, I fought at my age bracket it was the first time. I was like, let me see how this is. And then I'll bump up and fight with the younger guys. I should have just fought with the younger guys, to be honest. I think it would have been more competition. I would have got more matches, more experience. Yeah. Um, But I didn't want to do that and leave him behind once I saw the bracket. So I was like, let's get it on, dude. We fought twice. He beat me the second time. And I just, I think I got to my own head and actually like, it took me like a good, like four or five minutes to get my vision back. Really? Yeah. And like, coach is like, can you see like what's going on? Like, I'm like, you need to get a medic. I'm trying to like squint as hard as I can and open my eye. When I opened, there was like black, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, like a minute later, you ever like get water in your eye mm-hmm. or something in your eyes like glazed over. It's like, everything looks like frosty. Yeah. But there's like three of them like spinning. And I'm like, I think I might be concussed. Oh, shit. Because I've had concussions in the past. Yeah. None of them have been, like, so adverse to where, like, it lasted longer than, like, a day or so. But you get a couple, you know. Mm. And I'm like, dude. He's like, there's three of you. I'm like, I'm trying to be, you know, comic relief and just calm down or whatever. He's like, what? I'm like, there's three of you. He's like, <laughs> he's like, calls the medic over, like, <laughs> And like after that, like I sit down, I'm fucking exhausted. Dude's got great yeah. grips and like, we're, I think we were both super nervous to begin with. So it was like just a ball of tension on the mat. And five minutes after that ends, we fight again. You don't realize that when you go to these tournaments. Like yeah. it could be a quick ass turnaround. It, it's depending l- on how many people are in your racket.
1: Well, I don't even think that. It's, it's literally like most of the local competitions are trying to just get in and get out. Cause some of them have to go like three states over. And he was asking me like, "Hey,
0: you got time?" I'm like thinking, "I'm, I'm still freaking breathing hard from." And I mind you, I've conditioned well for this. I mean, I made yeah. a 20 pound weight cut to prepare. Mind you, the 20 pound weight cut. Everybody, calmed down. It wasn't like in a week. It was like literally yeah. like a month and a half, two months of me planning to make this jump down. And I needed to do it not only for jujitsu, but just for everyday life. You know, yeah. part of my job is physical. You know, I need to be physically fit and ready. And me me with my, my frame carrying around a buck eighty plus, it's not healthy. Doesn't work. It doesn't feel good when you have to run and everything else and like it's like, you know what? No. So it was like killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. So ultimately I got something out of it, I got the experience out of it, and then I turn around, literally that's August, September I'm in Austin at the Austin Open. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um that was a whole other ball game you know weighing in right there in the bullpen right before you step on the mat and everything else and i i I will say i wasn't nervous at all until we got called onto the mat we shake hands or whatever he figures out our names to make sure we are who we say we are yeah (laughs) clearly the giant fucking amen on the back of my jersey should or (laughs) like he should have given that away but yeah whatever you get a fight? You get a fight? All right, cool. Come back. Fucking a eruption of the nerves of my ancestors flew through <laughs> my body. Like, it was like, what the fuck is this? And we do this dance for like, you know, we got five minutes to for the match. And like, we didn't really get going to like two minutes in, two and a half minutes in. Yeah. It was like basically a shoving match. And then neither one of us wanted to give ground. We're, we're grip fighting. And then finally, like, so, all right. He goes to pull. And all hell breaks loose, and then I end up in a bad position. I started too slow. Didn't realize how much time had elapsed. And I lost my match, but there was no before that. I was going through like emotional shit because, like, I like I said, I wanted to see. I wanted my dad to be able to see me compete, and I knew there'd be you know things, some things coming up, and his anniversary came up, uh, or so. His birthday is my anniversary, which is August twenty fourth. Mm. So this is before, like a couple weeks before, I'm gonna head yeah. out to to um to Austin, and I literally just sat on the mat and I was having one of those days. It was like I knew you, there's some days when you walk on the mat, you're like I'm about to get ran through today. Yeah, like you just don't have the energy, but you're there for the experience. You're there for the knowledge. You just know like I'm about to get fucked up. I'm about to just survive this training session. Yeah. It sucks. There's some days you're just depleted. I mean, especially when you're working a full-time job, you're a family man, or you got X, Y, Z to hit, you're in school or whatever it is you got going on. Like,
1: there's just no juice in the batteries.
0: But I sure as hell wasn't going to turn around and be like, "Hey, coach, I need a day off before yeah. a competition. I just committed to compete IBJJF." Like, no, I'm going to grind. Um, I just had a mental break. Like, there was something like where I could not focus. Like, I was trying my ass off and I could not land this technique. Coach is going off. And literally, like, I felt like a fucking five-year-old. and just pulled my gi over my fucking face and just sobbed. Like, big-ass crocodile tears. I'm like, this should not be bothering me. This is, like, my fun place. But, like, yeah. I think it was just uh, emotions. Like, emotions from, like, get my tail whipped that I didn't address from, like, a couple weeks before. And then, like, the frustration with that. I was, like, overwhelming. But it felt good because, like, nobody gave a fuck. Like, they were like, you're good. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's, like, being with family. You know, like, I spend more time most weeks with my teammates at, like, in MMA than I do with my family. Just due to, you know, me working off shifts and having to still train and everything else. So, yeah. you, like, you get to know people, you get to, you know, you get the bond. I mean, like, even, like, Elise and Joey and uh, Nader, like, the four of us, like, staying in a house, that experience, going to train at a headquarters in Dallas, Watching him compete in Dallas for fight to win and then coming back up to Austin, like, you bond. You gotta yeah. spend time with these people. So, like, no matter where they're at in this world, like, you're gonna keep up with them somehow, some way. You talk jitsu Like, last time I talked to Elise, I don't think, um we didn't even talk about jujitsu. It's like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. How's life? How's Austin? Like, are you okay? Like, this is a big world. Like, you're, this is like your first time. Like, I remember my first time, like, out of high school like really like leaving the nest whoa you went to a whole another state
1: yeah she she's halfway across the country
0: the ballsy and like without yes. the security net of like, the military yeah it's like it's you good luck so I, I wish you l- I wish you luck out there and uh, I'm not gonna make it to Dallas but Matt will take care of that right you're still going
1: I'm still going yeah
0: nice can't can't compete but hey man look since you're not in the camp I know you're watching your weight and everything. And everything. Is it your first time out to Dallas or second? Second time. <sighs> Eat some good tacos for me, man. Absolutely. Tripe. Get some tripe. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to get some for you. Don't even look. <laughs> don't look it up. All right. Just <laughs> just know there's a spot out there. I think she'll probably take you to that uh, Steven
1: Stephen, pro- Stephen would probably know.
0: He knows all spots. Every yeah. spot he told us was fire. Oh, did he take you to that uh, Indian place? No, he didn't, he didn't take us to Silver Spoon. But he told us about this uh, Mexican place. First time we go in. Nothing's in English. Nobody speaks English. Yeah. It's like adjacent to a gas station.
1: That, it, that's when you know it's good.
0: Yeah. It's like connected to it. Yeah. And it was actually a nice size nice space. And like part of it was like an ice cream shop and everything. I'm like, this is dope. And we got our initial orders. And we, we ate them. And we're like, I don't care how much that costs. We all got a second order. Oh, yeah. It's a. And we're, the beautiful thing is like we were all below our weight. We were on spot on, so we could eat whatever we wanted to. Like we were well below competition. Oh my God. So it was like yes, bro. First time I went
1: to Dallas. Uh, also, Elise, if you're listening to this, I will forever say fuck you to this. Uh, <laughs> me and Elise were drilling partners for a while because Nader would give us those things those like list of like x work, amount of work on this. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Elise and I were uh, partners for that, and. One time she was like, "We like we would stay till like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, like two hours of drilling." Like she was just like, "I appreciate it." Like I was like, "It's no problem." Like I'm happy to do it. I'm getting you know my experience. You're getting your experience. Whatever. She was like, "Well, let me like make it up to you." Like I know, like because when I first met her, she was like, "My family owns a Chinese restaurant." You're like, "Tell me more." <laughs> oh no, I was like, "Wait, which one?" Because I, like, I know all. Of them. I, I hung out with a bunch of uh, how we say. Uh, cannabis enthusiasts. I hung out with some of that crowd so we knew all of the chinese spots in town.
0: <laughs> like this is happening.
1: And I was like which one? And she was like oh, China- probably shouldn't say the name of
0: it but <laughs> we'll throw him a shout out. <laughs> it's I mean, delicious food.
1: I mean yeah, if if you know where I'm talking about, it's a uh, it's gas. And I've been going there literally since I was 8 years old. No oh,
0: idea. Oh, whoa. So you got yeah. to meet like It was That's
1: the crazy. most it was the most it was I was literally like meeting Gordon Ramsay for me. And, uh, I was like, I was like, damn, you own, like, your family owns that spot I've
0: been going. Hmm. Try, not, try not to uh, grab it. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I was like, damn, your family owns that spot. Like, I've been going there for, like, my entire life. And, like, that was, like, the first time, like, one of the first things I ever, like, said to her, because I'm, I was 21 years old, and I, like, yeah. that was the only thing that we had in common at that
0: point. You're like, but that's, like, legit, like, part of your, like, yeah, your makeup. You're like, this place has gotten me through times, <laughs> like, th- <laughs>
1: Bro, the dinner special with his eight piece wings. Oh my god, that <laughs> that's comfort food right there. What
0: is it about Chinese restaurants that having just fire ass chicken wings?
1: I don't know. It's it's like peanut oil or something. It's not like vegetable or canola. Like they use some sort of oil. You're but, like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But any like I've yet to make it over. There. I need to. You you got to man. It's one of these days. I'll I'll just like bring you by some.
0: We'll just go there one of my one of my days off.
1: Hell yeah. But uh when I'm not cutting. <laughs> yeah. Well when are we not
0: cutting? But uh you anyways. One week out of the year. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well like the funny thing about like, the cutting or whatever, after after that initial like giant cut, like I've not let myself get over one seventy five. So I'm staying I will competed at one sixty four this last time and like never again. Yeah, that like never again. I just felt like I was gonna float away, like you know it's not good. Like when you show up and your teammates are like, "Man, you look like shit." So <laughs> I'm like, she's thanks, man. This is this is the confidence I needed going into this battle for my life. Like, I really appreciate it. No, yeah,
1: uh, one of our teammates who I haven't seen in a while because he's doing his practicum for exercise science. He uh, he cut he he cut like fifteen pounds for the week. Yeah, he like what most like MMA guys do. He did for jujitsu, and he ended up winning silver he won bronze at pans mm. and really the only reason he lost was because he just had nothing left in the tank for that match. Wow. Which like he, he gave 100% like, I'm not saying he quit. I'm saying he could not continue.
0: Like nothing left.
1: That man needed an outlet for himself fast, but <laughs> to charge you up. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it like the cutting is like, I've never had a problem with that except for this one time when, uh, Elise to thank me for like staying with her and like like doing the drills, I guess. She was like, I'm gonna bring you a dinner special with lemon lemon pepper wings. And I was like, Thank the Lord. And this was before I knew anything about cutting. I was just like, Food, You're I'll like, eat it. Yes, to the face. Yeah. Inhale. And I was like, this was like I I lost like seventy pounds last year. Yeah. Like, I think I ended up at, like, 145.
0: Well, I remember, I remember coming back from, like, a work trip, which was, like, three weeks long. I ended up in Nebraska for, like, three weeks, which was an experience. But I um, I come back from that, and, like, I pull up to the gym for, like, the first session of the day. It was, like, I had, like, a day off or whatever or some leave when I got back. And Matt, like, approaches my vehicle, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is this guy rolling? I'm like, I roll up. I'm trying to situate myself, check my email, that type yeah. of stuff. And I'm like fuck is this guy like and they roll the window down and it's like oh shit because i think at the time you didn't have like your beard grown out all the way
1: i might have trimmed it or something but
0: and like i was like who's this skinny ass kid with this fucking rash guard that's like hanging off of him like
1: (laughs) dude it's (laughs) buying geese and rash guards now is like like i have to get mediums for it all like i used to get like
0: extra larges it's funny like so like a lot of the large rash guards i had they're like they fit like uh it's like a sweater yeah yeah, I'm here. Like, but I'm in this weird spot. Like, if I get a medium, like, I don't know. it might be too snug. Got
1: to tone up those abs. <laughs> Show those guys what they're missing. But <laughs> a- anyways, so, like, back to the story. I, I weighed, like, 150 at the beginning of the week. Like, I like I weighed myself every morning. I, had, I was in that, like, cutting – I was in, like, the cutting part of the camp. And I ate the Chinese food, and, like, I didn't – weigh myself for a couple days because Nader was like, How like how are you doing my weight? I'm like, Oh, I'm good. Like <laughs> I was just like, Yeah, I'm good. And uh <laughs> I weigh myself in Dallas, like when we get there, she was like, Hey, like you, you want to check our weight. I was like, Yeah, sure. I step on the scale, I'm one fifty seven. Oh no. I gotta cut like eight pounds just so can, to make like light- You can
0: lose five in water. Easy. Well But this, the conditions there are yeah. not like the conditions here.
1: No. So You're like hot tubbing it up. So what I did was I didn't eat for like two days and I was like, guys, I just got to be drinking water and I got to go be sweating that shit out. Yeah. And they're like, all right, like, you know, that's fine. And then they're like, well, what are we going to do for dinner? And Elise is like, well, let's go to this Thai place right down the road. <laughs> and I was like, fuck every single one of you. Like, I'm going to go have a Triscuit right now. <laughs> I didn't even get to eat a trisket. I had a glass of water and like, they're having like pineapple rice like and like salad or something. Bro. No, I, I didn't, I couldn't. I was, it was was literally like three days from competition. Oh my
0: gosh. The the fact that you're out there there early is like I try not to get out maybe to like two days max. Like a day to train, a day to rest, and then then compete.
1: Well, Nader had told us that like there was going to be like like a mini camp out there and, which there was. Nader was 100% true but it was kind of just like the experience of being able to fly out somewhere and train with other people from your team and like it's, it's
0: kind of like I, the I kind of wanted to speak on that too like I know that and you can probably agree with it now that now you've gone through the experience like oftentimes like when you get like you know, a bunch of younger folks even people that haven't really traveled like you know travel sports or whatever like the the goal and the objective is ultimately to go win yeah so when you go out there just remember and this is for anybody that's joined the gym thinking about competing or like or was gonna make their first trip for IBJJF or anything massive like that like, stay focused. Like, we're not here to sightsee and shit. Unfortunately, you're probably going to a place you've never been before. You want to do that, but like, oh yeah. You remember your objective. Go out there, eat clean, compete, try to enjoy yourself here and there in little pockets. But like,
1: I, we had to do all train. of our, We had to do all of our sightseeing like the last two days we were there. Like Sunday, competition ended. We went and uh, started like sightseeing Dallas a little bit with Steven.
0: I still want to see the Grassy Knoll. I never got a chance to do that.
1: I don't, we didn't get to do that either. I, I
0: drove th- past the area where I was in because it's all like the signs for it, but I didn't. Yeah. Get that. Do Dallas is like a weird infrastructure, like as far as like the way they have the roads designed, like downtown, it's mayhem.
1: Well, that's because I think it's mostly centered around the DART, mm. which also, by the way, I'm a South Carolinian. The closest thing we have to the DART is the local bus, but <laughs> like this thing is a train that runs through Dallas and it goes like 60 miles per hour. Oh wow! But it runs through like suburbs. So you oh. know how Dallas is, like, all these different, like, mini cities? Yeah. It goes from, like, like Allentown all the way out to the other side of Dallas.
0: Oh, so you could, like, literally go train and then get back to your hotel downtown if you wanted to? Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. And uh, we took uh, the DART down to the Art District and walked around the Art District for a little bit and got to see, like, the convention center and stuff like that and, like, you know, some of the parks. It was pretty cool. But, like, that was, like, the most sightseeing we did. It's so like, this
0: competition, like, it's actually in Dallas proper, or is it, like, in a suburb of Dallas?
1: So, the like, they had to... You heard about all the stuff that happened last time, right?
0: Well, They moved it last minute.
1: Yeah, because the city of Dallas was like, we're not going to... Well, I don't think you're
0: going to have a problem with it this time. No. Because apparently the governor of Texas has removed the mask mandate.
1: Oh, he's lifted everything.
0: It's about to be buck wild. Like, it, literally the wild, wild west out there when you guys get out there. Oh, I'm... St- I'm uh, still wearing a mask. I'm, yeah,
1: I'm. I'm not taking my chances with you Texans. No offense, but like, I'm not taking
0: my chances. I'd be interested to see the percentage of Texans that agree with that shit, and, or that um, don't. They're like, I'm still going to protect myself as much as possible.
1: I don't know how how many people would actually do that, especially because Texas, like, especially like the university cities. Yeah, because Columbia got fucked because of the university, because none of the kids were like. All of the kids were like, we're not going to wear masks. We're going to go out
0: and party in droves. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to shut the bars down. That's what we're going to do next.
1: Yeah, but you know what happened when they shut the bars down? House parties. House parties. So they just got COVID from each other. Instead of going out and spreading it pretty much in public, they just spread it in private. (laughs) Just as bad. Yeah, like we got fucked by the university. And so did Charleston, and I'm sure so did Austin and wherever the uh, main uh, University of Texas campus is.
0: Ut Austin, yeah, Austin.
1: It's Austin. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck about universities. <laughs>
0: soon, 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 you will eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, so I, so that, that that's pretty much my, like my my story and everything behind that, and like just, I, it's an experience that I'm glad I did, and I it opened me out of my shell, and, like so now when there was, I don't have the nerves about competing anymore.
1: Oh yeah, I well I did theater in high school and like middle school, so I kind of grew up in this environment of people are about to watch you do something that you've been practicing for a while yeah
0: so don't mess up i mean that's how it was with me with golf but with golf it's like it's you versus you yeah i mean somebody might talk a little shit to you or say something sly while you're playing with your pair with them but ultimately you're playing the course and the only person that can mess you up is is you really like it's on you to be mentally tough yeah but there's also nobody trying to like dismantle you physically no, yeah, but as far as <laughs> five like, minutes,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes golf can get pretty wild I hear.
0: I mean, I think it's mostly like, honestly, like all jokes aside, like it's it's a mental, it's a mental game. Like yeah. once once you prepare yourself to the t- you know. Completely. It, I've seen people crumble that are talented, because they just couldn't keep it together. They hit one bad shot, yeah, turns into two, turns into three, and then they just fall apart and they never bounce back. Even if it it only takes a couple bad shots to, to mess up your day, I mean, yeah. So, like with that, like you make a couple of bad, you make a bad choice in it a match, it could be detrimental for you.
1: Well, that's not even detrimental. Like one bad choice could be the difference between like a broken arm and true. Like, I mean, I hate to be like, you know, the that fucking guy, but like sometimes life or death.
0: I mean, yeah. Like it's, we're simulating fighting to the death.
1: Yeah, I mean it's because like I've seen competitions like before I actually started competing I would work competitions I've seen people go out and
0: that's one thing I've never well gladly I've never been submitted well no, nope, I take that back I have been submitted and it, it was so short it didn't feel like <laughs> I was like well <laughs> that's that oh well <laughs> but like the the matches before that were like points points yeah I would say losing by points sucks way more than being submitted I'd much rather
1: tap than look at the scoreboard and see that I Fuck, didn't... do score 50? Yeah. Like... Which
0: I did see that day.
1: Uh, that wasn't, uh... Was that the one uh, Nader was talking about?
0: Mm-hmm. That... He ended up winning, I think, uh, Worlds. God, who was it? I can't remember the I dude's name. I can't remember his name. name, but he's from Art Jiu-Jitsu, he was a brown belt, and he was fucking yeah. savage. Killing people, man. Like, let's put it this way, the entire gym, like, you could hear it erupt. I thought like somebody like maybe like got an arm snapped or whatever, but like did you see what that kid did. I'm like he scored fifty. I was like, that's not real. Nader took a picture of the uh, scoreboard. And I'm yeah. Like, Whoa. All right. And it's not like he scored fifty against a slouch.
1: No, this is like one like world class. Yeah. I feel like once you get to brown belt, that's when people. That's when like the echelon starts to change. You know. Because like purple, like purple belt, like they're still tough. They're yeah, still not. tough. But, like, once you get to brown belt, like...
0: But they're, like, so tough that, like, matches are one loss by a point. Yeah. Or an advantage. Like, I just didn't... I didn't think of that level. Like, 50, 50. How do you mentally bounce back from that? I... You can't. Like It's like know, that score. one bad shot. These dudes score 50 on me. <laughs> like, holy I, shit. Because I've heard, of, like, you know, 30, 24. Yeah. 34, 36. I've never
1: heard of 50. Like, I don't know how IBJJF didn't start posting that. Like, it was, like, Guinness World Record.
0: Because <laughs> it's not. It's not? It's not the record for them. I think there was, like, 56 or 60, something like that. That's still That's crazy. Record.
1: But, uh, yeah, so I I grew up in that environment of, like, being in front of people and performing. I mean, I, I forget this isn't visual. I'm doing air quotes around performing. <laughs> but, you know, it, so, like, really, like, a trick that i actually learned from steve uh something that he used to do before his uh his things was he'd count on his hand one two three and if he and if he didn't do it on three then he said like i would literally like berate myself like i like i would hate myself for not doing it on three and he just got into that mindset of like once it goes Sounds to good. three like you gotta go and every, like that's kind of my mindset of like as soon as that ref says, you know, waves you on with that weird little little yeah. come hither thing that they do, <laughs> come hither. It, I don't understand it. Why can not just be like, all right, let's go. It's like he's marshaling the jet in. Like, come on. Yeah. I, like I don't. I'm surprised they haven't given him batons yet <laughs> and start teaching him, like flags. But like, it's, like I know as soon as he's like, come on, like, I'm I'm either doing this or I'm gonna hate myself for the rest of my life. I guess
0: the crazy the crazy part about it is like, people would also like, how do you feel like you know. You know, in front of those people and like, you know, all you know, it's it's gonna be broadcast and like it's saved in the archive forever. Let me tell you something. You know, people don't realize how hard it is to actually hear and create a relationship with your coach. Yeah. So you can hear what they're saying. There's mayhem going on, there's people screaming, there's other matches going on, there's other coaches going crazy. My first comp was like I might have been I might as well have been locked in a phone booth with this guy. Yeah. And the world was dark around us. Like, to even get to position where you can hear and react like at the drop of a hat to what your coach is telling you to do, it takes so much fucking focus. Like it's ridiculous. Like got like horse blinders like, on. My family's there. Every other teammates, I couldn't hear or see them. It was just the coach, the black wall behind them, and around the mat, and then the one guy that I had to focus on. Yeah, that's it. it sounds it's, simple, but it's absolute mayhem.
1: It is, especially because like. Most competitions, if you're not doing a super fight, you've got at least three fights going on around you that are people just screaming, yelling, screaming. instructors
0: being screamed out, people cheering.
1: Bro. And then you've got, like, us, like it's not just the coaches sometimes. Sometimes, like, I, especially our team. Teammates. Our team is, okay. like, I love I love everybody at Lycan, but we are horrible when it comes to going up and, like, cheering for our guys because we'll go to, like, three different spots, <laughs> and you'll just hear, hey, look at that arm bar and you will just like, there's an arm bar here. <laughs> like, and they're cheering for somebody else, but then your guys are like, hey, look at the rear naked, and somebody's like, there's not a rear naked here. I'm in wait, wait, like wait, Where am I at? <laughs> like, what, like. I, like I remember when I was competing at Fuji, which I'm wearing one of the Fuji. Uh, shout out uh, Tim Morthland, uh, best sugar daddy a white belt could ever have. <laughs> he has uh, yeah, a dope shirt. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. oh yeah, it's neat.
1: it's neat. Oh yeah, I got it for free. It's the best kind. Oh man, I'm st- bro. I'm so pissed. I'm not going to get that free IBJJF shirt. I'm going to have to pay for that, that too. Shit. I'm going to have to pay for that shit. I don't want to pay for
0: that because you're not competing. Because I'm not competing. Like, so they worked it out for you, like if you hit him up like, look? Like, yeah, I I told get, him like a credit or a yeah, refund or... or I'm
1: getting a full refund. Nice, but uh, yeah, like when I was competing, uh, I think Cannon was on the mat behind me, but all of our guys congregated on my mat. <laughs> so they could see both going on. Yeah, so they're like screaming like, yeah Matt, yeah Cannon, yeah Matt, yeah Cannon. And I was like, I I would like, say we're
0: probably the loudest.
1: Or oh, absolutely. Unless Pedigo's there, like we're the loudest ones there. Like we're the ones slapping the barriers, like shouting at our guys. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I think a lot of that. Once once you go through absolute hell for the camp, I mean, like most of our camps, especially for like, this this comp kind of coming up, like they're like a month month long. Yeah, like, grind. And I think we've ultimately we've had people like you get nicks and bumps here and there, but like ultimately we haven't had any like major incidences where people just couldn't.
1: No, but I. that's in the camp, you know what I mean? Like, that's one of the things that I really like about our gym. Is uh, most of the guys that go in there who start competing, they start like once that first competition's over and they're like, all right, that right now back, you, now you know what's in going the, yeah, on, right back in there. they're right back in there and they don't quit. Like, shout out to the guys that went to Fuji with uh, or Fuji Raleigh or wherever the fuck it was, I don't know, and uh literally came back like the next week and just kept going
0: well it's crazy like the, the the push that we get I mean like an average an average training session especially for the summers. I mean like even even coach maybe other people like you push to exhaustion like you're gonna throw up you're, it's not something yeah. uncommon to see like that's why I'm like I'm kinda gonna miss the roll up door yeah <laughs> like the like just to walk off the mat and just go throw up and be like I'm good
1: one of my favorite stories uh i'll just give him a quick shout out mike if you're listening to this shout out to you my favorite story from uh one of his first classes uh was when i don't think he was preparing for comp but you know like when we're when one person's preparing for comp everybody is yeah. like that's just how we are and uh, mike was rolling with somebody and he gets up after the role and nader's like mike you good he goes coach you need to go throw up he's like all right step outside and he thought you know it's going to be like you know blah, like that no, it's like empty it, stomach he emptied his stomach right in front of nader's car oh god! and Dang, it's, somebody's st- on cleanup duty <laughs> no it's still there like you can still see the outline from where he just like vomited and then he he i saw him step back in get like a like the paper towels or whatever in yeah. the bathroom do this throw it in the trash She'd be like "Who who's next like like
0: like, sometimes I'm like, hey, man, why don't you sit this one out? Why don't you get some fluids in you?
1: I've... Bro, those sit-out w- rolls are the worst, though. Yeah. Like, when I when I heard my knee pop, like... And I had to just, like, sit out... And watch. That's the worst. Especially because sometimes, like... Like, especially when I was, like, dropping the weight, and, like, I... Like, you can't feel the improvement. And you can't see it either. Yeah. But everybody else well, can.
0: Then also, you're, like, in a gym full of fucking giants.
1: Yeah, I'm... Again, like I'm a shoddy. I, I
0: consider myself to be small.
1: Yeah. With our with our guys. I, I'm I'm short. Like there's no if, ands, or I mean, buts about it. Just for it. those
0: people who are listening, I'm five, ten, hundred and seventy.
1: I'm five five one forty five. Like So like yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no easy rounds for you. Yeah. And like I just like especially when I was dropping the weight, like the conditioning started to get there, but I couldn't feel that. So I was still in the mindset of like, you know, two or three rolls and I'm gonna be tired. And I get to that point and I'd get frustrated. Because I was just like, this doesn't happen. Like, why am I, like...
0: And it's a so weird like, watch I, because I know, like, if, as a teammate, like, if I take it easy on you, I'm not doing you a service.
1: Yeah. it It's... It was just this weird frustration of, like, I'm never this, like, okay. Like, what the fuck is going on?
0: Even when your any... body changes like that, you don't have the weight to toss around. You feel like yeah. maybe you look a little weaker as well. Like, that's why, like, it's really important, like, fine-tuning everything else. Like, getting in the weight room, lifting, eating right, like, making sure you're good, hydrated, when you show up, like you will fucking pass out in a summer camp
1: absolutely i almost did well i think the only time i've ever gone out during a summer camp was when you had me in that weird triangle and i just i remember so vividly i'm like oh he ain't got shit i'm gonna get out of this and then i just wake up and you're like shaking my legs (laughs) (laughs) trying to get the blood flow back and i'm like i
0: I got a couple people like that before and like it's scary because like Especially white belts, they had this affinity for not wanting to tap, and some stubborn blue belts as well.
1: Well, I didn't know it. Like, Cannon almost put me out one time with a von flu when I first started because I didn't know what a von flu was.
0: You're like, um, oh, I'm, I'm safe. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're not.
1: And uh, I luckily I tapped, but like with that, I was like, like I, like I felt like my arm kind of coming out of that triangle. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get out of this. And <laughs> again, I just wake up and you're just like, hey, you good, man? I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh. <da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm that guy now. Damn it! Like,
0: looking, <laughs> like Larry David pops out of nowhere. <laughs> bum bum. It's, but
1: yeah, oh, like that's kind. Of, like, that's part of the gym aesthetic, though. It's that like, it's not grimy, but it's like, it's the iron sharpens iron attitude. Where like,
0: I think one of my scariest ones was like, legit dude was just fucking. He had to be like 250. Tries to bulldoze through my guard. He goes for a terrible fucking like pressure pass one arm out though catch him and he's still pushing forward like mind you he's heavy so he's got his weight still propped on me and i'm like fuck i think i got him but he's got a thick ass neck he's got one big ass shoulder in. i'm like fuck this is like testament to like to the technique i mean trust your technique trust trust yourself i didn't feel like i even had that much pressure on him and then like he's not tapping so like he's still fighting with his arms i grab Grab the, uh, the outside shoulder that was in the triangle, left hand, right hand. I, I wrist lock him. Oh. Then I noticed, like, when I let go, a couple seconds like he's limp. So, like, I finally, we're in the gi. So, I finally, like, pushed back off him a little bit and, like, let go. I didn't want to let go at first because I was like, he's going to plow through me. And my back's, like, on fire at this point. Yeah. Because he spent, like, two minutes trying to get the same, you know, pass. when he couldn't, and uh yeah i let go he's blue so i turn him over (laughs) Turn him over (laughs) big as fuck just dead weight turn him over get the blood flowing back shaking his legs getting the blood flow back to the heart he he sits up i was like hey man you need a water or something let me help you out like you know know, i've just put you out let me help you and uh ended up (laughs) he ends up coming more too and like the blood's getting back to his brain he's propped up on the wall he goes Fucking, ow, what the fuck? And he's, like, grabbing his wrist, like, man, sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, get the tap. You're a, tough, you're a tough sell, but you were out. Yeah. He didn't feel any of that shit. That's why he wasn't responding. That's when yeah. I looked. I'm like, oh, shit.
1: I feel like that's, like, there's, it's, Nader talks about it all the time. Like, there's just an unsportsman, like, attitude of, like, I will not tap to this. Yeah. Like, I, like I've never been, like, I'm just not going to tap because... Unless it's the fucking Marcello choke that Nader taught, where you yeah. grab the gi, like that's how you pass guard. That's the one time where I'm like, this is where I draw the line. You will, <laughs> you will not pass my guard with this. But ev- like, the, like when you put me out, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, like, I, like I'm getting out of this. Like I'm, like I'm not, I'm not gonna tap because I'm not, because I'm, you know, egotistical. I'm not gonna tap because I don't think I have any. He yeah. has anything, and I feel like a lot of white belts get this sort of attitude of like. If I don't tap, then the blue belt's gonna respect me. Or like,
0: No, because I have to revive your ass.
1: Yeah. There's not, like, if there's any white belts listening to this, there's nothing manly about another dude having to shake your legs and get blood flow <laughs> back to your heart. Nothing at all. Like, it's not a good scenario. No. You, like, ev- as- even if it's a girl and you're just like, oh man, like, like, I'm not gonna tap to a girl. Like, really assess how you're gonna look <laughs> with, like, some, like,. F- one fifty pound girl shaking your legs, trying when you're to, on the ground <laughs> trying
0: group. to revive you, you're just out cold. Yeah, there's just tap. And, and yeah, like, that's time wasted when you could have been training.
1: Tap, get up, keep going. That's that's the one of the lessons I had to learn because I would, like I'd get tapped, I'd be like, damn, like what was that? And I,
0: and I like I still see like oh, he got me slamming and slamming his you know slamming the their their palm off the mat like that, I'm like dude, take your medicine and learn. We all had to go through this. That was I still go through it. You know how many times I get tapped in a session? So many times, dude. Bro, it there's white belts all the time. It,
1: it's just so it's just so weird because jiu-jitsu is like in baseball you can clearly see when you're getting better. Yeah, and like same with football, basketball, all that. But jiu-jitsu, you never see the improvement because everybody's
0: improving around you. It yeah. should be. Otherwise, should like, what are you do, what are you guys doing? You and, shouldn't be in there just pounding pounding on people, and then you don't grow from that. Yeah. You have no adversity,
1: so like it's the most frustrating sport I think because when you don't see the improvement, at least I fell into this mind trap, and that's kind of like a very it's a very negative mindset to have that once you stop seeing the improvement, that means you're not getting better.
0: I mean, I, I think everybody has those questions like, "Am I getting?" And like, dude, you're getting better. Now, People I, like, will tell you they watch they they we watch they know they can I,
1: feel it. Yeah, it like because I remember you told me like one time like. I think this was back when I was fighting Lightweight you were like that was a really good role and I was like really? like it felt like it just felt like a role like
0: well like I think some of it is like once you watch an individual like you care about their Jiu Jitsu because they're competing you know what their what their goal is when you watch them you know practice with you and their whole demeanor is different they they have a goal they're not overreacting and acting like a fucking kid and they actually give you a challenge and they're not locking their body up and just holding on to the one thing that they just absolutely want. Yeah. Th- then once they abandon that, like there's room for growth and then you can both develop.
1: Well, that was, that was also the problem I had was I would like, cause I was so small, I kept falling into half guard and now, like, I just uh, I was like, I have to develop my half guard game because that's the
0: only way. That's... And I'm like, if you pull half guard one more time, I'm going to fucking smash you. Like, it. Oh, it Stop. was,
1: oh, like, looking back on it now, like, it sucked. But, like, that's that's what I did to improve. And, like, even, like, towards the end when I stopped working on my half guard, I was like, I got, like, I'm not just going to go to the coyote. Yeah. I'm going to try to go to deep half. I'm going to try to take the back, whatever. Like, advance. Yeah. Just... But, like, I, I would just get caught in, like, I got to go for this thing. And gotta go for this thing and now I'm just like you know you have the goals but I feel like my goals are a lot more looser like I'm trying to you know work on this single leg or
0: I'm trying like it, it changes every couple weeks yeah, or every month like you have a different set it's concentrated uh effort it's not just a shotgun pattern blast like oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna do this today and tomorrow yeah. I'm gonna do that no like I'm working on something I gotta like but it shouldn't be like I've been working on this fucking one thing for like a year. Like,
1: yeah, no, that. I feel like stagnant jujitsu is really, like, one of the biggest problems in South Carolina. Because, no shade to anybody. I'm a fucking white belt. I don't know anything. But I do know that when most of your, like, jujitsu is the traditional way, which means you're only working on one thing and you know that that one thing's going to work, there's going to be some, like,. diet gordon ryan coming through some kid some kid's gonna come through and tear through tear through your game because he's working on the thing that's countering yours yeah like you can't like what happened like
0: you need to have as many options available you're working on to create a well-rounded game
1: yeah i like it's it's so weird because like in mma like you're like you got your strikers you got your ground guys you got your like this and that but I feel like every like every time somebody comes along, like George St Pierre, who just
0: what do you do with that?
1: <laughs> like he like his karate was so weird, and then his wrestling was so technical and tight. What like, what do you do with that?
0: Not to mention his jujitsu, like he never stopped training. Yeah, even as, even in retirement.
1: I mean, like what like it's the same in jujitsu. Like, what do you do with a good takedown guy? You pull guard. What happens when he pulls guard?
0: Then oh shit
1: (laughs) yeah, like I remember going into my fight at nationals and I was like I'm like I've got this idea that if they stand up straight I'm gonna pile drive them I'm gonna double leg them into the next mat but if they're they assume the wrestler's stance Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pulling guard and I'm working I'm working my uh, hit bump sweep
0: it was crazy is like uh, what I experienced at at IBJJF in Austin uh, this last September. for my Nogi match which is all of like 10 seconds, maybe 15. Yeah. And then he's like, what's your game plan? I'm looking at him like this is what I'm going to do, this is what I've been working on. Snap down to guillotine. It's exactly <laughs> what fucking happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Well, it's just it Seems like he had the same game plan. I was like, yeah. "Yep, and he executed, it. he didn't freeze up." Well, I think a lot of it is like
1: competition like competition reps that you have. 'Cause you like my first competition, I was like, I'm just gonna pull half guard and uh then I'm gonna do the coyote and then I'm gonna get up on top. And then you That f- <laughs> oh, you, you make, so f- sounds like a mouth breather. You like that's what I was. <laughs> like I was that was such like a smooth brain thing for me to be like, Oh, this dude outweighs me by twenty pounds, I'm gonna pull guard on him.
0: It's like here's this trigonometry uh problem and I want you to solve it. You're like one plus one, that's two. Got it there we go <laughs> like, like no it's it's a little bit more complex than that
1: yeah it's it's just like that's why I, that's kind of what really made me fall in love with jiu-jitsu was seeing that like there's so many different game
0: plans i'll say this last year as far as um my guard goes it's improved entries to x de la Hiva. oh yeah single leg x like that shit i didn't work on my first i mean obviously I had a lot of other shit going on like outside of jiu-jitsu that i wasn't concerned with but actually developing a game versus like okay I've got I feel like white belt is like let's go and run through the basics learn your movements learn your different positions and put them you know put it to test and then when you get to blue belt it's like okay everybody knows that shit already yeah or they should a good blue belt should know their positions they should have a decent guard they should be working on having an excellent guard
1: I feel like blue belt blue belt's really where you start figuring out what areas work and don't like some like I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, oh, I'm a guard puller because I'm a white belt. I don't I don't know what. That's
0: you know, the one thing that like, got in like, my head is, like, better not pull fucking guard. Yeah. Take this guy down. Get your points. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I hear you out. I understand. <laughs> 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 and, like, you know, you, you you strive for it. And, like, I look back at it and I don't feel, like, terrible about what's happened at all. Mm. Like, I know the amount of work that I put in. I had showed improvement, but that day just wasn't my day. It is what it is. You get back on the horse and you ride again, man. Like Time to go. No, so, no. But I did – Um. the last thing I want to talk about was like – and I had a question for you, like what makes – and I know we kind of spoke on it, but what. what do you think makes the best training partners?
1: I mean the best training partners easily are the ones that – don't implement your game on them like you've really got to try like with ray j mm-hmm. i like i can take down most people in the gym big boys being the big exception yeah like
0: it you gotta work you gotta work yeah. on that one
1: but like i've developed like i've developed my single look to where i can take down most people at the gym with ray j i've got to work for it
0: well you're talking about like high school wrestlers and he had yeah. acc- accolades in high school too like it's
1: like he, like he wasn't just some schmuck on the high school wrestling team he was the high school wrestler yeah and for me to go up to him and to get a single leg like that's not like that's not the goal but like if i've done that and he's got to work on his game yeah like that's like that's awesome but when he takes me down and i've got to work on my bottom game that's when it's like this is the fight
0: yeah He's like, oh shit! Yeah, wasn't expecting it, but here we are. <laughs> like, the, but that's what you develop. Like, it's you're simulating what it could potentially happen. Yeah, I like
1: Because the worst training partners are the one that are like, hey, uh, I want to work single leg X, and uh, that's what I'm going to be working and on. So I'm like,
0: not going to just let you do it. You're going yeah. to yeah get it.
1: It's it's not. It's like I'm not going to
0: set it up and do it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was uh, rolling with somebody. And they were like, "Hey, like, I want to work my side control." I was like, "All right." He's like, "I'm gonna get you in side control, though. Like, I'm not gonna let you like set it up perfectly. Like, I'm gonna be actively trying to get to mount. I'm gonna be trying to submit you from there. Maybe." He's like, "Well, I want to work on my escapes." I was like, "Yeah, you
0: get it's it. almost you like can- that. Then work on it over there.
1: And I'm good. I'm trying to develop." Yeah, I'm. I've. I've. This was before, like mine this is before the entry so I was like all right like I got a competition man i can't I can't
0: like no imagine hey, this I'm, conversation happens in all of like ten seconds maybe 20 seconds between rounds
1: yeah I, I was like, look man like go go drill with another like new guy I, like no offense but i gotta I gotta prepare for this like yeah uh, like I'm not here to be your drilling partner we can
0: do that after if you want
1: the best drilling partners aren't your drilling partners they're your teammates mm-hmm. who are working their game. Because, believe like believe it or not, there like there's going to be somebody else who's working their game. Yeah. Like there's going to be somebody who is a high school wrestler like Ray J, that I've got to go up against.
0: I love like and I love the dynamic once you get to know the talent or the strong points of your teammates, and it's like I know they're going to do that. Yeah. Especially like younger younger guys, whatever. Like they're gonna they're gonna go to that because. They see that blue belt and they, they want, or they see a higher color belt. And like I want to take this guy. Out. I'm gonna throw my, I'm gonna throw the Kenshin sink at this guy.
1: See, I used to be like that, but then I got really scared that like I was becoming that white belt and I wasn't improving my game. And
0: if you do it in a flowing manner, where you're actually having, you're actually getting the fit in techniques and everything. And the, some of the best roles, one of my best training partners there is, uh, is Jake. Oh yeah. It's because of that. Like every role I have with him, with the exception of maybe like one we got pulled aside, I was like, that shit escalated way too quick and you both accomplished nothing. Yeah. After that, I was like, let's work on getting better together and it's fucking dope.
1: I mean, well, especially because his game is so, like,
0: it's so different. I mean, how we had a roll, like, after injury, you were probably like, what the fuck is this shit? And it was yes. dope. Like, it just, when you have, when you are rolling with somebody and, like, you get up from after that and you're like, that shit was fun. Yeah. That was fun. And we worked hard.
1: I think the best ones are when you get up and, like, you both kind of have that, like, like good job in it. And then you, like, dap up and you just, like, you don't – you can't let go because sure. your, your, your forearms are shot. You're, you're like, everything – you just don't want to let go. It's a
0: challenge, but, like, you learn something.
1: Yeah. Those are the best roles. Like, Gabby, when I roll with Gabby, like, I like I know what he wants to set up.
0: And big, big shout-out to Gabby, too. Though. So between Gabby and Jake, they're the two that have been pushing this uh, platform here for me, like, over, the, like, yeah. the last day advertising hey make sure you uh you know subscribe you know check out the podcast and i know like for some of you out there if you made it this far you have like no idea what we're talking about for the jitsu people you're probably enjoying this a tad bit more at least slightly yeah. entertaining um
1: sorry about the stuff about my dad
0: <laughs> no it's it's all good and i think that's part of a uh, part of growth and the challenges that we we face and you never know what's going on uh with that person before they get on the mat and they come in that day but like learning one thing i had to learn is like Trying to remove all that the best I can, so that way I'm a good training partner for every for everybody that's there. With the with that common goal, um, is making sure you clear your mind, come on the mat, get the work done, and worry about the rest later. It's for yeah. me. I when I started, it was literally just uh, no aspirations of becoming a world champion, no aspirations of even competing. It was stress relief, learn something, stay in shape. Mm-hmm.
1: That's how it was for me.
0: And then it just you know throughout my life, and then ended up landed here, and it's like what better place to to pull that trigger yeah so i just wanted to um like i did like i said before i, I gave a shout out to you i, I do appreciate appreciate you coming through on the podcast we've been talking about this for like what oh, a year oh almost yeah so it, it is definitely exciting i can't wait to have you back and uh, maybe like fight companion or watch uh watch the matches or whatever oh absolutely no um, I'm, I'm always down once i you know once i get that all all figured out how i'm gonna move forward with that um Definitely want to do that. And uh, thank you again for anybody who's listening. Just make sure you go ahead and subscribe uh, for those people who are, you know, try to fast forward or whatever. <laughs> sorry. Um, Once again, sorry about the stuff about my dad. If that's where you <laughs> landed. But um, definitely um, you can find me on SoundCloud. I'm working on getting on the Spotify. I have to get behind the specifics with that. And then uh, Apple Podcasts. You check that out. Um, I'll, I'm also on Instagram at uh, the underscore journey underscore of underscore oz so the journey of oz with underscores in between each word um check me out on there i also have my personal page but you'll probably see that attached to it once uh once you get a chance to check out the podcast and check out the instagram page uh, i'll i'll put on the on the storyline and timeline or whatever or on my stories uh when i'm going to be doing a podcast when they'll be released and everything so i'm going to work on this for a little bit tonight shouldn't take me too long i'll have this for all my listeners out there um any any last words uh before we before we wrap this
1: yeah uh anybody listening here uh biggest thing that i had to struggle with was my mental health don't don't push it to the back burner that shit pushing it back to pushing it to the back burner makes it worse always take care of yourself uh mentally physically and emotionally and uh yeah i mean that's that's probably the most important thing i could i could say right now is
0: Oh man, I've got I've got episodes about that just dig dig deep into uh season season 1 and, and I think the beginning of season 2. Well, what was what was season 2, which is like all of an episode, but <laughs> <laughs> but definitely season 1 I definitely touch on that and uh I'm pretty sure I'm going to have somebody else on maybe that works in that in that career field um here in the near future and just talk about the options that are out there and like the the warning signs and in and in learning learning uh what to do in those situations cuz I mean obviously there's a there's still a huge issue in this country and in this world you know people deal with this and you really don't realize it when you're you know super young uh you kind of just dismiss it and press on and find ways to cope with shit that you shouldn't whatever that may be um that aren't necessarily healthy yeah so finding a way finding a way uh to to work your way out of that's super important i definitely want to definitely touch on that so thanks for thanks for that reminder and uh like i said mash that subscribe button Check me out on uh, Instagram. There is also a Facebook page. I'm not too active on there, but I do uh, also post the links on there for the Journey Vibes podcast on Facebook. It's a public group. You can go on there, add your add yourself to it. I'll have updates on there, little quick stories or quick headers. I'll try to do those in between There aren't like official podcast uh, episodes, but I'll maybe do like a twenty minute spot and just you know keep it up, keep you guys updated. And if you want to come on the podcast, uh, definitely drop me a line on Instagram, The Journey of Oz, uh, underscores between each word, and uh, go ahead and add me. I'm always adding people on there, um, even the bots. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to see what you got. <laughs> I also don't want to buy your ghee. So if you're out there and you're you know in the great country of Pakistan, I don't want to buy <laughs> your ghee products. So don't try it.
1: Hey, God bless the ghee bots, man. Oh
0: my God, it's terrible, but. Please uh, please support the podcast. If you want to come through, hit me up. It's easy going. We'll schedule a date. And uh, I'm looking forward to flowing into your ear holes once again here in the near future. And I'd like to end it. Be good. Be kind. Peace.